0: <laughs> Red leather, yellow leather
1: Oh yeah Ooh.
0: Red leather, yellow leather, yeah
1: <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Getting Some Color, episode 42, I am Joe Dubs
0: Ooh, I'm Zach
1: And if you're seeing video, which if we're on YouTube, if you type in All Dubs Wrestling uh, If you're watching video, two new things about me One, I cut my hair Two, Um, I have a new microphone. I have the Shure SMB something 7D, uh, and it's the $400 mic. I was like, I need to uh, get some good quality audio, and this was one of the top of the line, and uh, Zach told me it sounds really good, so I'm excited to hear it back later. Um, But we are going to be talking about two events in 1993. We have Slamboree, a Legends Reunion. Uh, which happened on May 23rd, 1993. Uh and then we have we're doing WWF Raw Monday night uh May 24th, 1993. And yes, we have skipped uh the WCW Saturday night because we we needed to get out of that mediocrity of what they're doing. It seems like they're going downhill. Um and I I think this kind of si- a little spoiler. I think this pay-per-view kind of saved it a little bit near the end, but we'll, we'll get to that uh, mm-hmm. soon. So let's talk to s- about some news. Now, if you don't listen to our Big Trouble Little Podcast uh, uh, episode where me and Zach were talking about some wrestling news on there, because sometimes when it's breaking news and sometimes when we're taping this, it's kind of like a big gap. So we usually want to hit that news when it hits. Uh, but i talked about hannibal the blood hunter or whatever his his indie name uh wrestler that never made it to the big times uh but he he gets all the big wrestlers on his show so he must have some type of pull in the industry but anyway he had a match for like the texas championship or something like that they're still doing territory st- stuff i guess a little bit um but he was facing against carlito by the way did you even know that?
0: Carly alone.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, "Holy shit." And I I watched one of his video. Carlito looks like he's still in good shape. Like it's amazing how well, WWE doesn't use him.
0: He appeared in that Royal Rumble, was it last year or year before? Mhm. It was very recent and he looked the fucking same.
1: I think that's the one where Edge was uh back and he, Yeah,
0: Edge was there too. I think it was year before last now.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's when people were still there, <laughs> like at the Royal Rumble.
0: Um, oh no, it was twenty twenty. My bad. God, twenty twenty was just such a blur for wrestling because I was just so checked out.
1: Uh, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why we started this whole thing, but uh, yeah, he looked great in that, and I just figured like Carlito, uh, Carly Colon, his whole attitude I think has always been like. He just wants to do whatever he wants to do. He has I don't think he likes being tied down into that schedule and stuff. Yeah, and so. he, even though he did well
1: with his gimmick back in in WWF days or WWE, um I didn't really like his gimmick where he was just like I spit on the uh the enemies and all that stuff, like he
0: spit in the face of people. Yeah. who don't want to be cool. I, mean, it was, I liked it.
1: It was good, but it, wasn't, it it annoyed me sometimes. I'm like, I could do better.
0: He lost his shine after a year or two. It's kind of like he started coasting, which is what kind of <laughs> happened in real life. He got lazy. Mm-hmm. And They made a storyline out of it with Ric Flair. I can remember it to this day. He was like, <laughs> he lost a batch or something. He he'd been on a losing streak, and then like all of a sudden Ric Flair's backstage. He's like, what's the matter with you? And he just pushes him. Huh? <laughs> come on he starts like, <laughs> it's like he just got really pissed off at him out of nowhere he's like you're a loser nobody <laughs> <laughs> and, and it became like this storyline where Ric Flair was his mid and he was trying to like get him back into shape or something
2: mm-hmm.
0: but uh he just got lazy and complacent and that's why they teamed him up with his brother for a while and that helped That seemed to kind of motivate him again and then he got lazy again and he just left <laughs> <laughs> that's the story of carlino
1: <laughs> yeah but anyway like hannibal was there and uh during the match i don't know if it was the end had to, i guess it was the end uh there was a referee that they call a bleeder uh i guess he does all the 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 crazy shit so he's stabbing him with this spiky thing which Hannibal, in his interview, said prop, which that irritated you a little bit.
0: Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it's a prop. It's like when Vince Russo calls the belts props and stuff. I fucking hate that shit.
1: (laughs) But uh, he was stabbing the guy on the head, and apparently it, like, damaged one of his arteries, uh, which made him bleed a lot because it was just pumping out blood and shit. Uh, Hannibal did a video which is now deleted, by the way. It's not on his channel anymore. Uh, where he, which by the way, how he talks, and uh, full disclosure, like, I kind of believed what Hannibal said. Um, but then there's other things where other wrestlers are just like, no, fuck that guy. So I'm kind of like on the fence because I don't know. But anyway, the way he talks, dude, he's like, I, hey guys, I'm Hannibal, and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I there was mesh on the thing. You could see clearly there is no way for me to see. And if he was really hurting, why didn't he say anything? And why did we say we were cool after the thing? So everything's A-OK. And then the next day, his fucking channel, uh, his video is gone. Um, and it, it's just odd because I keep on watching the video. And I'm just like because a lot of people are you know uh in the comment section is like 50 50 one saying like oh everybody's marks for believing that like you know it was like a real event so people they were calling them marks and shit and yeah. i'm and i'm like what if like the other people didn't know what was going on and they were just like i don't want to get in the middle of it just in case it is a, you know, uh, a work. You know, that that would kind of suck if you're, like, pulling off a dude and it was a work the whole time. So I, I could definitely see that. But the other time, I'm just like, dude, he's just stabbing. Like, he, there's a... You could tell when someone is, like, gigging it a little bit where it's, like, look like they're trying to, like, cut uh, into the head or something. Because they'll yeah. do, like, this weird movement with a with a prop, as he calls it. But he was just like... Stabbing, and I'm like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I i can't tell anyone. Wrestling is one of those things where you're just like I don't know if it's a work or not. If they're trying to like pull in more tickets for whatever uh India uh, event that, that's going on, uh, so that that, that kind of like grays it out for me a little bit. What's your opinion?
0: Um, I don't know. I know that guy's got like kind of a bad reputation in the Indies, like a lot of people don't like him a lot of promoters don't really like him
2: mm-hmm. uh
0: he's got a reputation in the podcast land too a lot of people don't like him there uh I think a lot of that stems from him and i I can't remember this recall this correctly but like He got hepatitis C from somebody. I think it was Abdullah the Butcher. Mm -hmm. And, like, he didn't know about it, I guess. And Abdullah the Butcher had hepatitis C for years and wrestled forever and bled all over fucking everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I, I think Hannibal got some kind of residual heat from that. He tried to sue him or whatever, something. I can't remember. He tried to sue WWE for something. He, he was involved with them for, like, a hot minute. And I, he he was in this rash of, like, trying to sue people. I think that got him a bunch of heat. It never really totally went away. Mm-hmm. And he's always gotten involved in, like, stupid stuff like this or, like, pissing people off on his podcast thing or making an embarrassment of himself, whatever. Well. I-
1: this is where, like, because we live in the, the new age of Internet and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. So everything is, like, kind of ruining the business a little bit because you see the other side of wrestlers, right? Um, There's too
0: much. There's yeah. too much exposure on the wrestlers. And some of them, I think, can't help it because people are too, like, uh, attached to social media now. Yeah, like, like that. Do- they like that dopamine hit. They and they know these people know that there's a bunch of people out there that that are fans of them, like mm-hmm. by default. So like that that they already have like an end in a way.
1: Yeah, and I think Hannibal is still thinking like the Jim Cornets and, and and the old wrestlers, where everything has to be in kayfabe. So that's another thing that kind of makes me think like is. Things being worked because he's just trying to put himself into a shoot. I
0: guess. I don't know. I don't think he's that smart, honestly. I, I don't think that's the way he thinks at all. He called that spike a prop. It's totally not how he sees it. Mm. He's just, that's, to me, he was just trying to explain himself out of the situation. I don't think, I don't, like, I don't know if he really intentionally hurt that guy or not. I think maybe he just got a little carried away,
2: mm-hmm.
0: possibly and it sort of you know spiraled out of control sometimes that happens That's like when um that's like that time the rock beat the shit out of Mick Foley with the chair
2: mhm
0: like he told him like remember when he got handcuffed and he he just bashed the shit out of him with that chair in the head over and over and over yeah and he, he agreed like you're only going to hit me like a couple times right yeah brother and then like it ended up being like more than a couple it was like a dozen or something mhm <laughs> and like he asked him, "Hey, what what's up with? Why did you beat the shit out of me?" And he never really apologized for it or anything.
1: I guess he was <laughs> he was in the moment of becoming the rock. I guess.
0: I yeah. See, so sometimes shit can go haywire, you can go sideways a little bit, get carried away. Maybe that's what happened.
1: Yeah. Uh, main thing is, I'm on the fence about it. Is uh. The wrestlers and the and the community. This is where I kind of think they need to like step back. You could have your opinion, like how, you know we do, right? Be like, hey, yeah. you know he's kind of a shitty person, and this is the facts right here, and he could be doing it on purpose. But then you have the outrageous people, the cancer culture people, going, he must die. He literally almost Shit. killed the guy. He should. They should cut his penis off. And I'm like let the facts come in. I know you got, I know everybody saw it, but then you're going to have to prove in, in a court if it ever gets to that point what was real and yeah. what was fake about that show that night and what was off script. Now, if it was off script and nothing was agreed upon, I mean, that's where it gets a little muddy because if he's shooting on his own, that could be taken another way where he goes to jail. Um, but I heard this was like in... I heard is like, Canadian, I think. I don't know. Yeah, he's from Canada. Yeah, so... I don't know. Anyway, you have some news to talk about, right? I have another news, but I'll save it for a little bit later after your news.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, one thing I just kind of want to talk about was... Uh, I missed Dynamite because I was watching old wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I real I realized that in the middle of me watching, like, that event. I'm like, oh, shit. And it was like, by the time I realized I missed Dynamite, it was like 9.30. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, never mind, I guess. I'm going to keep watching Slavery. <laughs> um, but I heard about the the main event that kicked off the show, uh, Hangman versus Danielson. And it ended in a 60-minute time limit draw. And I was like, okay. And unlike when... Kenny Omega and him did that it seemed like the reaction to that was generally positive Mm -hmm. it seems like on this one it's more mixed like there's people that are saying that was a great match and there was a lot of people complaining about how long the match was the fact that it was a draw uh, just other stuff but the focus a lot of the negative feedback seems to focus on how long the match was (laughs) and and the fact that it was a draw (laughs)
1: See, Uh and these are the same people that, like, are, maybe some are, uh, like, Dave Melcher (laughs) type of fans where they need that, like, 30 to an hour uh, five-star match and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And my only criticism to AEW is it's starting to become a pattern a little bit, right? Every time they get, like, this big star and they have to put it against their big star, they always have to do, like, this... 15 to 30 to an hour match. And it always ends either by DQ or by a draw so that they could build up on that, uh, uh, feud. Right. And it's starting to become a pattern because he did it when he faced Kenny Omega. Now he's doing it against hangman page. And what's next? Are are we always going to have these matches? That's the only criticism I have. I didn't see this match, so I don't know how the whole match went. But And I know how these guys perform. It's probably top tier. But I don't think you mm-hmm. should be always doing these long matches that engine ends and draws.
0: No, especially because it's like we've had two or three uh, big stars come in from different circumstances. You had CM Paul come out of retirement. You had Bryant... Ryan Danielson come in from leaving WWE a few months ago. Then you had Adam Cole coming in fresh out of being done with WWE. Mm-hmm. And CM Punk hasn't had like really long matches necessarily. He's had like decently long. The, the longest they tend to get is maybe about 15 minutes. Yeah. And he has to struggle maybe a little too much sometimes to win.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: but he's like, hang on, there was a story here. And maybe that's the story he's trying to tell is he's older, he's not as in shape anymore, so it's hard for him. Yeah. Unlike somebody like Danielson, who hasn't really stopped since he came back from his his injury a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Who's like just crushing people. Until he gets in a, a, a main event match with a main event talent where he's had two time limit draws now. <laughs> yeah. It's like... I thought the same thing you did when I heard about that. I'm like he time limit drawed somebody else after like what was that, just a couple months ago he did that to Kenny Omega? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what pisses me off, and maybe that's why he has a more aggressive, uh, heelish type of attitude against Paige, is like he fa- he had that wonderful fucking uh draw match against Kenny Omega and then he faces Kenny Omega and loses. Wait, Wait, did he... What? Uh, no,
0: they, they they never crossed paths again after that match.
1: Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah. I, I don't know why I thought he fought, faced him again. That's when Probably Kenny... mixed up some other match. Yeah, Kenny Omega is the one who uh, faced Paige and and lost. My he bad. Lost. That's okay. I, I, I don't but, know. Uh, it, no, what I was going to say is like... They're portraying him to be like this big star, but he can never, <laughs> he can never go over the hill. He's <laughs> like, he, he can't do yeah, it. It's like
0: he, it, it's like he takes the the main event or the main eventer from AEW to the limit. They take each other to the limit, mm-hmm. and they they can't finish a match. It's like yeah, like that's really cool. I like that 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 happened that one time. But yeah, you don't need to be doing that like multiple times a year, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. That's with the same guy, no less either. Who just happens to have another big time limit draw match. Yeah. Um, people like Ray, well, Ric Flair did that all the time. Like, I don't think he did that all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. And like, and here's another thing: is that would happen maybe more than once a year, but back then there wasn't no there wasn't internet there wasn't that information on those matches wasn't widespread. That was like a. They, they had a spot show that turned out to be pretty good somewhere in, like, I don't know, fucking Louisiana or whatever. And then Ric Flair, Ricky Steve decided, hey, brother, let's go out there and wrestle for an hour. It'll be fun because that's, they're crazy like that.
1: <laughs> now, you, usually I would say, like, with uh, – because – title matches you would always save it for a pay-per-view. Now what kind of saves uh AEW is that this episode was like a special event episode because winner is coming and all that stuff. And I guess that's how you could hide about putting this match cuz I'm like this is pay-per-view quality, right? If you think about it. Like you It should... is
0: and that's th- they don't have like what? So they have 4 or 6 pay-per-views a year. Mhm. So they Sometimes they have to juice up uh, dynamite a little bit just to make up for that, I don't, which is
1: good. I don't understand why wrestling um, shows don't do this anymore. Just ha- have it where it's like, hey, Daniel Bryan versus Paige, and then, like, you, you don't have them face each other. You have them in segments and stuff. Like, let's say Paige is facing against, I don't know, Miro for the, the, the belt. The belt is on the line would have daniel bryan show up you know at certain times to kind of like you know uh get on his nerves and all that stuff. they don't do it that often anymore like c- keep these guys away from each other until pay-per-view uh and yeah you book around so that they still face each other at the pay-per-view but you still have these other guys go through adversity to you know win their matches to make them still look strong you don't see yeah. that booking they- anymore
0: no, and it's like, here's the thing. Tony Khan tries to kind of do that, but he never really quite does it right.
1: He never fully it's commits. Like,
0: you know what? Adam Page and Brian Davis didn't really react that much at all. In fact, Adam Page did almost nothing ever since he won at Full Gear, and that was like another issue I took with this. Mm-hmm. Is like, Adam Page got his big win, and he proceeded to do fuck all of nothing ever since then until just now. Yeah. It's like, he, so he didn't do a, a, a match just to stay in shape or some shit like nothing like that we just saw them build Vader and British Bulldog for like a month and a half or something and those guys never really crossed paths until like apparently the Saturday night before the pay-per-view mm-hmm. but you know what Bulldog was squashing people he was having matches and Vader was squashing people they were promoing against each other he killed- maybe Vader did a little bit of a better job of that <laughs> He killed Cactus Jack. He he killed Cactus, which uh, precipitated this whole feud, allegedly. If you want to believe that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. Whereas Brian Danielson was just spending time beating up all his friends. Yeah. And like, he never. He only interfered like once. Yeah. And he never did anything like I'm fucking mad, and I'm not allowed to hit Brian Danielson, so I'm going to hit somebody else. That he never got it's like I just boggles my mind that he didn't compete once since then mhm But just I think that I every time they do something with Adam Page it's like fucked up somehow it, this is just another example of that
1: it's like they're afraid to commit with him like they always go oh he's gonna be our guy he's gonna be our you know ultra baby face champion and then it's just like I don't know uh let's keep him off TV for a little bit maybe and then they do this hour-long match, and it's a 50-50, because remember when he faced Kenny Omega, I mean, keep in mind there's a handicap towards that, because that was, you know, Daniel Bryanson's, like, first match in a long time. So, having him going against, you know, the best wrestler in the world compared to whatever, you know, metric system that you uh, use. Uh, But, like, that was big. You heard nothing negative. I'm... Keep in mind I don't think uh, it was I don't think it was an hour. I think it was like a forty five minute match compared to the hour that uh it ha- was thirty. Thirty, ha- yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a full thirty yeah, so like it was half the length, but still yeah. like that's a long people hate draws. They hate and that's kind of the point I was getting at, because people hate draws, they hate inconclusive finishes, they hate when somebody gets fucking DQ'd or there's a double count out, or they run out of time or something drives fans up the wall. And I kind of hate that because all you're doing is taking away tools out of of your toolbox in terms of what you can do. Mm -hmm. If you take things away, like draws and DQs and count outs and and various kinds of interference or whatever, it's like all you're left with is somebody winning and somebody losing. Yeah, And, that's like the very shit people complained about with WWE. They're like, God damn it, I'm sick of 50-50 booking. Well, that's what causes 50-50 booking is always having a decisive winner all the time.
1: It <laughs> And what sucks is, again, it comes down to the social media age where it's just like, oh, I like Paige because he does this because we see this a certain side of him, right? Or yeah. you know, And, you know, I want my guy to win the championship compared to the other guy. And it's like, no, like the reason why there's draws is so that one, you could save their, uh, legitimacy of, you know, being Mm -hmm. strong. And if you have them draw it, it, you have to have this big match later on that someone eventually goes over and then you have that moment. Uh, the only problem is is that they can't be doing it all the time. (laughs) Like having draws all the time is one, it's going to piss people off and, I think that's why you're kind of seeing it a little bit where you're just like another draw. Holy shit. Like it's almost, how can I compare it? Like, I know that they did it back then where you had this draw and then you have to go pay for the pay-per-view, but it's almost like getting a video game. Right. And Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you only get the free skin while you have to pay to see the, you know, the good skins in the game or the DLC kind of like that with wrestling like they they give you this pay-per-view-esque match but it always ends in some type of fuckery because they don't want to give it to you for free Uh, and if you keep on doing that all the time it's just going to be like well fuck I'll just wait for the pay-per-view because I know these guys are just going to draw live on uh, network TV
0: yeah you you gotta strike a balance and that's when it's like don't have everybody beat each other decisively all the time Mm -hmm. and don't have people draw and have weird inconclusive finishes all the time either you gotta meet somewhere in the middle the thing is usually it's like your main event guys or like people that are in higher profile feuds or like the the mid card title or maybe occasionally you'll want to do some finishes like that to draw things out and keep the challenger looking strong or something or if you want your baby face who's been Cooled off a little bit because he lost his main event feud, but you still want him strong. That's how you give him outs too. Mm-hmm. Something happens, like the 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 heel DQs himself because he's an asshole or, or something. So it wasn't like he really beat him. Um, <clears throat> but like, yeah, when everybody just beats each other all the time, they just trade wins. Nobody's fucking special. Yeah. Nobody keeps heat. Nobody keeps their overness because oh, well, he beat him last time, so he's going to get his win back next week. Yeah. That shit's it's terrible. That's one of the things people complain about most with WWE. And
1: and, and then those people want to hear an AEW, and then it's going to be like, we're always going to get the Kenny Omega versus Adam Page, and then it's going to be like three matches. Kenny wins one, Page wins one, and then you have whoever goes over. And it's like...
0: Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> like somewhere between these two companies there's a there's a middle there's a nice middle ground (laughs) where you have you'll have decisive matches and then you'll have matches where there's like some buffoonery Mm -hmm. or or something that extends the feud and because it's like tony khan you can tell he's like we don't do rematches and i'm like wrestling was built on rematches what are you what are you talking about like Look at that one-and-done shit that, that he does a lot that, that kind of gets on my nerves. It's just like, well, they're, they're done after that one match, and it's over. Mm-hmm. It's, the fuck? This isn't over? Have you ever heard Dusty Rhodes and Anderson? It will never be over. Yep. <laughs> it will never be over!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just That just made me think about how, like, how for the past maybe 18 years or so, I feel like everybody's been conditioned by, like, WWE programming or, like, indie wrestling, like, when they watch Ring of Honor or some shit.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: back when it was the work rate promotion and all that. Yeah. Uh, like, everybody's conditioned to, like, oh, you just win and you lose. And, uh, when you submit, it's, like, super embarrassing and all the shit. Stuff like that. And it's just, like, eh. Wrestling used to not be that way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And I've been I've been watching a lot of like old school like eighties and seventies uh, wrestling and all that stuff, and it's amazing how people like pop for like a bulldog or like a a fucking hip toss and shit. Like they go a wild, fucking
0: headlock, yeah. Like when they, when you show me that Magnum Ta Ric Flair match where they're like just kind of chain wrestle a little bit, they're like trying to get out of holds, mm-hmm. and then like Ric Flair tries to get out, but Magnum just gets the headlock on. And they're like. Yeah! <laughs> For a fucking headlock,
1: I, I just love that. It's like it's a, back then. It was just a spectacle to see like these big guys go at it and stuff. And then like, I I hate to kind of agree with Vin, Vince McMahon sometimes, but like having the big guys back then were huge. And then like all the little people, like I could do what the big guys do. And then that's why I had like the the one two three kids, the Daniel Bryants and the Cruiserweights and all that stuff that started popping yeah, up. And- popping up and that's good. I'm not knocking them, but it's like sometimes the spectacle goes away if it's not done right. And
0: yeah, done- it's like you have to you have to have characters, you have to have like kind of larger than life big guys that can work. And then you have people like Ric Flair and Ricky Steboat who are like fucking athletes. These guys can like wrestle for like forever mm-hmm. and not get tired. And they do like crazy athletic, technical matches and stuff. And They'd they move at this blistering pace. Yeah. And this is cool. Or you just have, like, guys with a lot of personality. Like, Magnum TA had a lot of personality. That's why he was over. Mm-hmm. He just got in a car accident and it fucking ruined his career.
1: <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Um Yeah. But you had other news
0: as well? Yeah, this is just more fun to talk about. Um People, like, since... I guess Cameo has probably been around for, what, a couple years or so? Mm-hmm. But, like, last year, it's like a lot of wrestlers got on the Cameo bandwagon, I guess, because there was just a lot of downtime and uncertainty. Like, I don't know what the fuck to do, or word started to spread about Cameo, and more and more of them got on board with it. And... uh <laughs> I I listened to Jim Cordette's podcast, and they did did this thing a couple times where they look at other wrestlers' cameos, and, like, you listen to them. Uh And some people do a good job, and some people are fucking awful. (laughs) (laughs) And some people are overpriced as fuck, and some people, like, don't charge near enough for, like, what they do.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But, like, uh, I saw this news article saying, like, most popular pro wrestlers on cameo revealed along with estimated earnings. And there's top 10. Uh, Who do you let now WWE uh, wrestlers are not included because that third party thing, Mm -hmm. but they do let them do cameos. I think they just take a big cut of it. And it's like limited quantities, too. They don't do very many of them. So they're out. But who do you think you, you don't have to name 10, but like, who do you think would be in the top 10?
1: I would think some AEW wrestlers, maybe like a Matt Hardy, in there. Yeah,
0: there is a there are two AEW wrestlers in the list.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so maybe some legends. Hulk Hogan? No, I don't know if Hogan does cameos. Actually, I have no clue.
1: I, I would imagine he would like have one that's overpriced. Uh, Jimmy Hart?
0: No. Uh, They're actually – oh, what were you going to say? Virgil. No, Virgil (laughs) should have a cameo because God damn – I don't know what happened, but, like, at some point on on, uh, Cornette's podcast, somebody asked a question about Virgil, and he answered it. And apparently Virgil's, like, insane or he has brain damage or something. Something's wrong with him (laughs) because he makes these claims about stuff that you know is a fucking line. it makes no sense. It, it was something like, you ever heard that story where like Arn Anderson stabbed Sid Vicious with a pair of scissors?
1: I've heard of it, yes.
0: <laughs> or some shit. Like, it, it, Virgil said that he gave Arn the scissors to stab Sid and told him it was an idea for a gimmick or some shit. <laughs> and that's how Brutus Beefcake got the Brutus the Barber Beefcake gimmick. That's what he fucking said. <laughs> None of that shit adds up. That timeline is totally wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Bruce became the the barber like in the mid '80s. This story and Virgil was at WWF all the way through the mid '80s up to like the early '90s. When Arn and Sid had their little incident, that was like the late '80s mm-hmm. during WCW. <laughs> like he, it's like he just made this shit up out of nowhere. And he responded to it. Virgil got mad because he responded to him and said, was like, none of that makes sense. He wasn't there. <laughs> that, that's basically all, all Cordy said. And and then he came up with this insane bullshit. And it, it none of it made sense. He was even worse than what I just told you. It was like ridiculous. Like he told he's the one that gave Cordette the idea to manage the Midnight Express, and he was originally going to use like a spatula instead of a fucking tennis racket. <laughs> And he gave him the idea for the tennis racket or something. <laughs> Virgil should do cameos if they're, if they're all like these weird Twitter promos. cuts, <laughs> 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 but I digress. No. So here's the top 10 guys. And this is like what they earned like, for I, the year.
1: I got one more guess. Um, okay. is our buddy Marcus Alexander Bagwell in that top 10? No. Oh, okay.
0: I don't know how he's doing lately either, because I think I remember him, he, that he wasn't doing very good lately.
1: Yeah, yeah, drug problem. I
0: think he had a DUI. I think his mom died recently, and it kind of affected him poorly, <laughs> which is understandable. But uh, anyhow, number 10, this shocked me, the great Khali. Really? <laughs> he earned $24,685 from Cameo.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: I'm like that motherfucker is like incoherent as shit. It must all be like Indian fans because he's he was super popular in India. Mm-hmm. Like he's like fuck. He's a fucking legend in India. He's like Hulk Hogan there. Like really, that's that's not like that's not me overselling it at all. I believe you. But uh, number nine is Ted DiBiase who made twenty five thousand two hundred sixty one dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like okay, I see Ted selling. Number eight Jake Roberts. He made $25,837. Nice. Number seven, Darby Allen. Okay. 26414 Now, Darby's cameos are kind of funny because he's got like this, he's got like a friend or something who like poses as him, and he's like an asshole. And then all of a sudden, Darby will come in from like out of frame, like on a skateboard or something, and he'll just like tackle him. <laughs> or throw shit at him and, and beat him, beat him off the frame. He's like, "Hey, what's up? Don't listen to this fucking loser. It's me, Darby Allen." <laughs> it was <gonna> start <laughs> s- saying like whatever, like wishing you a happy birthday or whatever. <laughs>
2: he's
0: kind of, he's kind of funny. He's kind of witty,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I, I'm, I'm surprised he can't really bring that out like on TV.
1: Well, m- maybe we might get a Joker version of Darby Allen, just like if we got a Joker version of Sting,
0: Joker Sting, and Joker Darby. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could see it. Number six is Swoggle, or Hornswoggle. Okay. Who, he made 7,000, he made less, but he had, like, way more ratings. Like, people gave him, like, higher reviews or some shit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Number five is Gilberg.
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Gilbergs are great, because... Like what Gil, he always does. You remember when he'd come out with the sparklers and he'd do that thing where he shakes his head? Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I can't do it because I'll shake my headphones off. He's like, blah, 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 he like does that shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he opens every single cameo. <laughs> it's like he's having a seizure. He's like, Oh, it's Gilberg. Oh, what's up? <laughs> it's fucking funny. That's cool. Uh, he's got higher ratings too. Less money, but higher, higher ratings. Uh number four is Danhausen. Have you have you heard of Danhausen? No. Okay. I don't know what the deal is with the okay, Danhausen made twenty four thousand dollars. He's oh, also wait. Got, like, high ratings.
1: Hold on is it, is that the one with the uh looks like a devil paint?
0: Yeah, he like fa- paints his face black and white. And I think he wears like contacts or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I know who he is.
0: Uh, <laughs> he's funny. I I like him. But he, I think he primarily wrestles in Ring of Honor or some shit. But like now, I don't know. He's mm-hmm. got a busted leg right now. His his are funny. Um, number three is Matt Hardy. Okay.
1: thousand one hundred forty three dollars. Probably because his broken gimmick. gimmick.
0: Probably, I think he does broken Matt. I think sometimes he's just Matt. I guess it's just like whatever people want to see. Uh, number two is Bret Hart. Wow! It made a hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars.
1: Best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be.
0: His are worth it. I heard his. And he did his like perfect. It's like he doesn't fucking ramble. It it seems, and that's weird because you know when you hear Bret Hart talk, sometimes he seems like kind of hesitant a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like he's like it's it's not that he doesn't know what he's gonna say. It's like he's trying to figure out how to say it exactly.
1: I, I like when Bret Hart just fucking uh doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he's
0: fucking, he's great at that. He just tells it. He's just blunt as shit. It's great.
1: He's like, "Fuck you, Goldberg, um, for ruining my career."
0: <laughs> he's still <laughs> talking. <laughs> I don't blame him. He had a great career and he ruined <laughs> I'm biased, but and then like he just he recently started ragging on Hogan again. He's like Hulk Hogan didn't know a headlock from a headlamp. <laughs> and he was like a three out of ten wrestler. I'm like, damn, <laughs> he's just like, destroying him. It, but, it, um,
1: a little like off topic, a little bit. Uh, I watched some Hulk Hogan New Japan shit, and so different compared to WWE wrestling. with Hulk Hogan.
0: Oh yeah, you have to work in Japan, so like, Hogan Hogan could could always work. He could always wrestle. It's just he chose not to. Yeah. Um. Then number one is Mick Foley bringing in $512,000. And that's just because, like, Mick Foley is, like, the most popular wrestler on Cameo. Like, everybody, like, gets him to do stuff. Yeah. He's...
1: I like Mick Foley. But I think some of his commentary sometimes is stupid. Because sometimes...
0: Yeah, you mean like when he's talking about like, oh, this is what's wrong with this, or like, this guy is great, and it's like, "Ah, I don't know about that, man.
1: Yeah, (laughs) because somebody made a good point. Like, you notice when Mick Foley is talking nice about a company, because every time he talks Mm -hmm. nice about a company, he he gets hired by that company. So every time when he's talking good about WWE, he shows up in a WWE show. Um, I haven't seen any AEW. He's talked nice about that, so that kind of ruins people's theories um
0: well i'll say this for him because i I don't really think mick does that just looking for a job i think he's just a really nice guy mm -hmm. (laughs) i i really think he doesn't really want to ruffle anybody's feathers (laughs) and like like what was it like earlier this year he did ruffle wwe's feathers pretty hard when he was basically saying like this shit's gotta change (laughs) 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 He was just like talking about how they dropped the ball with like keith lee and all this other stuff and how they can't push anybody anymore he pretty much flat out said wwe is not the place to go to if you're a young aspiring wrestler Mm -hmm. he pissed off he pissed off people there when he said that
1: (laughs) that's amazing mcfoley number one i'm it's
0: cool i i'm i'm not surprised by that but like there was a couple people i was surprised that didn't make this list like uh diamond dallas page and uh but i think it's because he spends too much time plugging himself in the beginning because
2: mm-hmm.
0: he'll like open he opens every cameo plugging himself for like three or four minutes it's like fuck dude like we get it you have your yoga we we know who you are we bought your fucking cameo you don't need to fucking remind us dude <laughs>
1: I'm looking at the wrestling side, and this is just off a of recommended us fucking bro. Vince Russo's in there. Um, Fuck. <laughs> I English. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, Nick Gage, who kind of looks like Shawn Michaels bold in the picture that he's in right now. Uh, Audrey, so e- using... Audrey Edwards, the referee for AEW. She has her own cameos. Uh, yeah, Le- there's Lonnie Poffo. I'm trying to
0: think of who else. Yeah, Lenny Poffo does. They're pretty good. His his are pretty good.
1: I love Vonner Anderson's picture for cameo. It's just old man. He's just standing
0: a... there, look looking like Arn. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a pro wrestling t uh, shirt for Arn that's like perfect, and it's just like every like emotion, like every every emotional state, but he has the same facial expression. <laughs> I'm I, like that's fucking perfect. Honestly,
1: I want the Glock <laughs> Anderson uh, shirt.
0: Of course you would.
1: <laughs> shit's amazing.
0: I, I would too. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. That was an amazing promo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a, that's cameo. Uh, Cornet didn't get on here because he he fucking isn't able to sell that many. <laughs> because like he also doesn't charge that much. He makes like he sells out, but he does them in limited quantities. Mm-hmm. It's like he he'll do like a hundred. And then he's he can't do anymore for like several months because he's too busy running his fucking business. I I
1: I, I you know I give Jim Cornette some uh, shit, but I I I gotta admit he he's a workaholic dude. He he works his ass yeah. off, um, especially with the the comic book that he made and you know uh, the wrestling shows that he does but while also he sells, his
0: own, he sells and packs his own merchandise he doesn't have like a warehouse to do that shit for he does all that shit himself
1: yeah and he and he com he well he commentated for nwa for uh a little bit before an edited video of a not so offensive joke happened and then he got canceled off of that
0: somewhat yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but um yeah i mean the only uh, this is not like wrestling related but uh one of my friends we we bought a cameo for one of these uh youtubers who like you know like those people that do videos like man versus food kind of stuff challenges yeah so my friend like uh i think it's la beast uh he 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 wanted well we know he was a fan of la beast and we you know made him talk about hot dogs cuz my friend is loves hot dogs and uh, and beans So <laughs> we. It, it's amazing how people pay for this stuff And You know You get cool things Especially with like uh, Wrestlers Like I'm looking at his fucking Tito Santana on there Fucking hell
0: Yeah <laughs> Personally I'd want something from like Max Caster Because he raps He, he raps at you mm-hmm. And he even uses the background music they use When they come out and it's pretty funny. Or like, uh, I mean, I'm being biased. Cornette would be a good one too because he'll just say whatever you want him to say to somebody and he'll basically just cut a promo on you. One of those angry fucking promos. would <laughs> <laughs> be like, great. I heard it's your birthday and your friend said, fuck you, motherfucker. Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez.
1: Does he do it a tennis racket?
0: Sometimes he has a tennis racket, I think. Uh, but like he's got like some good examples. There's like, a few examples up and you can see th- of his and his are. I would say his are worth the money. Some people charge too much and they're not worth the money. Like they spend five minutes plugging themselves like DDP or something, mm-hmm. or they ramble a lot. Sometimes that's the worst. Some of these older wrestlers ramble a lot and it's fucking boring.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I got one last news to talk about. So if anybody's uh, ever watched uh, a new legacy uh, Inc uh YouTube video, uh there's a guy named Johnny on air. I I'm, I'm not like close personal friends with him, but I you know, he knows me and I know him and we hung out, you know, through the internet playing video games and stuff. Uh he has a podcast with other YouTubers, Tony the Pizza guy and um c m pulse if if you anybody knows them or even if you know them zach um but they all uh do this podcast called deadlock podcast and one day they announced that they're gonna do a indie promotion they're they have their own uh uh deadlock pro wrestling uh that they just launched their first episode and obviously it has like the indie touch to it it has like its goofiness but it has like uh, intergender matches because well, the main event was uh, Andrew Ever- Everett versus fucking Rosemary. Now you could say Rosemary's a crazy bitch and like she could handle that stuff against a man um, and she's like this demon from hell so like it played off really well but it was fun to like hear my friend Johnny be like a commentator on there just acting normal. It's not like he's putting on a show he just acts normal how he always does in his videos on YouTube. And it was really fun to watch the the fans were into it every every time they did a uh, over the ropes top top seat t- uh, suicide I can't fucking speak today Jesus Christ
0: Tope suicida
1: yeah there you go um, every time they made like comments but like those chairs are rented don't injure don't break them <laughs> they break them
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny
1: yeah so. Uh, If you want to catch the first episode, it's live right now. Um, I think it's like 30 minutes, uh, and you get to see three matches, uh, and it's on Deadlock Pro Wrestling, so check it out. It was fun to watch. But let's get into the shows that we watch and we're going to talk about, so we're going to uh, start it off with May 23rd. 1993, Slamboree, WCW, A Legend's Return. Um, yeah. So right away, we have all the legends in the ring uh, standing awkwardly waiting for their cue uh, to talk, I guess. You have Tony and Larry Sabisco on commentating. Uh, Jesse is in the hospital. Did they say
0: why? I don't know. Maybe he got injured filming Demolition Man. It's awesome. a crazy movie.
1: Possibly. So we got that announcement and then Max Payne is on the guitar uh, you know doing all these tunes for the legends and then there's a throne that comes out and it's the fabulous Moolah.
0: Yeah. I was really confused by that because it's like they they come out with one of those little carry thrones kind of like what they had in Wrestlemania 9. Mm -hmm. Except like you couldn't see who was in it. And it was like all these wrestlers were carrying it, like all these undercard wrestlers. hmm One of them was like Chick Donovan. He was just wearing his trucks. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's he had like no boots on or anything. He was just wearing his trucks. I'm like what? All these undercard wrestlers are carrying this person. Who is this? Mm-hmm. Is this is this Randy Savage? Is this and it was it was Mula and I was like, Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. It was <laughs> very
1: it's very yeah. underwhelming. And then it and then it cuts to Uncle Eric with Missy Hyatt. Um and they're talking about everything that's going on. And she like made this comment about like Canada or Eric did. And she said, salute a, eh? and I'm like, Ugh.
0: I thought it was funny. I thought, cause she's supposed that's kind of like what she's supposed to be like. Yeah. She's p- playing like this Southern blonde airhead blonde kind of, kind of thing. Uh, They told us Scott Norton won't be facing sting. And I was like, what?
1: Yeah. I got pissed. <laughs>
0: and somebody named the prisoner will be facing Sting. and at first i was like is this like a surprise like they're not telling us who it is and it's the it's like the prisoner and then they then they said we're going to get dory fuck junior versus nick Bockwinkle. and i was like what <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like is this real i was like okay <laughs> i was like kind of like a little excited about that when i heard that
1: yeah the only um, thing the only thing i say is like the, all that that i just described right here it happened a really long time. To the point where I was like, Let's let's get this on the road. Like, I get it. Scott Norton's not there, they have to announce that and Tony and Larry Zabisco have to be there. But the Legends in the Ring, like they there was like no announcement. It was just like music, here's Fabulous Moolah, and then they like wave to the crowd and then they go away. And I'm like, how oh, did they, they could have done this later on.
0: They could have done this not at all. They could have done this off air for, like, just the people that were, like, there, Mm -hmm. you know, in the live audience. And then, like, they could have had them go back before they went live. Yeah. And then we go Uncle Eric and Missy Hyatt telling us the the, the business.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And they told us the business. And then the business starts with beautiful Bobby Eaton and Uncle Chris versus Two Cold Scorpio Marcus Alexander Bagwell your Uncle Chris is a, is on a pay-per-view again
1: yes and um, the, I mean this is a good match to start off because you have Two Cold Scorpio uh, and uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell who are like the young uh, upper comers and in, they have the speed and everything and then you have Bobby Eaton who's the veteran and, and Benoit who's like the Padawan I guess um, who's like learning a little bit. So He's like the
0: vicious Canadian wearing zebra pants.
1: Yes. And um this match was good. Um I like that it started off with Benoit and Two Cold Scorpio, uh, because those are the two fastest men out of the two teams. Um so yeah. you you got the speed of them running off the ropes and do- them doing the holds and the flips and stuff. Kinda like what you see now, but it's like the whole match is what they did. <laughs> Uh, just,
0: just, that's just like the opening part they don't do that shit through the entire match thank god Yeah, and it, it, it was a cool sequence I loved it it's it's like what did he do he tried to like do a monkey flip and then he cartwheels out Scorpio does and he goes up for that crescent kick and then Benoit ducks it and then he goes for something but then Scorpio flips and drop kicks him and then hits an arm drag I'm like holy shit mm-hmm. <laughs> I want those I remember they had a singles match against each other uh, I think it was a super brawl and that, that match was fun as hell. I, I, I still remember like being, re- I really liked that match. So, yeah. Some of that's still going on here.
1: <laughs> and then it like switched up to like Marcus uh, Alexander Bagwell versus Bobby Eaton. Uh, showing that Marcus Alexander Bagwell is outsmarting Bobby somehow. And I'm like, why is a veteran like acting stupid? I'm like, oh, because maybe he's being heel. And he's just showing off that stupid heel niche a little bit.
0: Marcus uh, is rookie of the year. Got it. Got it. He's gotta, got natural ability.
1: <laughs> um, I really love the. Uh, I I always mark out when there's actually heel teamwork where they're like carrying, the, uh, holding the guy and punching him, and then like choking him or whatever. Um, so I I love that. Bobby Eaton has a fucking vicious ass knee that he uh, hits into people. That was fucking interesting seeing that.
0: Did you see his knee drop off the top rope? Yeah. God damn, it, that was smooth. That, he's got, like, <laughs> the best top top rope knee drop I've ever seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, swan dive that Marcus counters was cool. Uh, and then two Cold Scorpio kind of cleans the fucking ring and gets, like, a big-ass pop. And what, it, he does. what was that top rope? Uh, top rope move that he finished at the end. That was that was weird. Kind yeah, like- he
0: oh that was cool. It was it was like uh what the hell he he backdrops Benoit and then he like goes up there and he does like that spin out splash you know where he just jumps in the air and kind of turns 180 degrees in mid air somehow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How the fuck he does that? And then like there's interference and shit and then Scorpio goes back up there and he does like a I don't know what to call it but it looked to me like somebody tried to do a phoenix splash, but they turned it into a leg drop. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was like, God damn, like two colds. is fucking insane. Like I don't, he works like how a lot of guys work nowadays, but it's like, he's a lot better at it. It's like way smoother when he does it. Yeah. Not to the point that it looks like phony or anything. It's just like, he's just really good. Uh, real real smooth wrestler. I I don't know what happened with him. I feel like he should have maybe had more of a noteworthy career. It didn't happen.
1: I have no idea. I I wonder the same thing because this this guy, uh, which in my opinion looks really fucking good in the ring, you don't hear him about it anymore. Like like you said, and it's just like, what happened? Did he the uh, go down the drug route or something? Did drugs take him over?
0: I think he got heat with WCW somehow. I can't remember. He got in a fight with somebody, uh, I think, backstage one time, and it it caused him to get heat. And then he went to WWF and he became Flash Funk, (laughs) Uh, which he's still too cold, Scorpio. He's just now he's got a funk gimmick, like a dancing gimmick. Mm -hmm. And which he doesn't, I don't really consider him right now to have a dancing gimmick because that's not. It's just his entrance. He just comes out and does a little thing, and then he's just an awesome wrestler.
1: Well, in the beginning, when we started watching this, he had kind of a dance gimmick, where it's like, oh, they just
0: made a they just made a music video with him, with going to like, like, oh, check it out, brother. This is the dance. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's all it was. It wasn't like that's all he does all the time.
1: It's not the Brutus Clay kind of gimmick.
0: Yeah, and I think later he goes to ECW and he's just too cold Scorpio again and he probably has some awesome matches there and he just pff, fell off the radar after that.
1: I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, do you have anything to say about this match before I give my score?
0: Um, No, there was like... There's a couple other good little sequences like uh, Benoit had some good offense in this match too. Like, he did, like, a second rope leg drop, like, some good leg scissors. Everything he does just has so much snap to it, and it's just, like, there's oomph in, like, everything that he does, even, like, back in his earlier career. Mm-hmm. And, like, what I noticed about him, though, at this point, probably because he's not as fucking banged up. He's still pretty young right now. Is how fucking quick and effortless he just gets up on the turnbuckle and just jumps around and shit. It's like he just it, it takes no effort at all for him to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he hit that diving headbutt. And he ate the knees. That was like fuck. That had to hurt. Like I don't know how he did that not getting hurt. <laughs> um, good match. Uh solid opener. I gave it six point four out of ten. I am changing my scores.
1: I gave it a 5.3 out of ten. I thought it was good. Um, but like nothing amazing. Uh, but it was a solid match to watch.
0: It was good. It's just there's only like there's a couple parts where I think Scorpio botched a little bit somewhere and then it, it like got confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh like there's some chaos and it looked like it it broke down a little too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I noticed when like they mess up a little bit, that's when the chaos kinda happens because it's kinda like a reset a little bit. Like alright brother, let's uh let's go on the outside, let's talk a little bit and then we'll come back and we'll reset it.
0: Yeah, something like
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Um Tony and Larry are talking about Colonel Parker, uh, since we have the Van Hammer versus uh Colonel Parker's uh new signing uh for his whatever he's doing. Uh so Van Hammer comes out, he's in a has he always had that singlet by the way, or is that new?
0: No, that's new, and I was like, "What the fuck? Why is Van Hammer wearing a singlet? He looks weird." Yeah, it it, it kind of <laughs> like it kind
1: of look, and, and we'll get to it, obviously, because I'm gonna consider it uh, when we get to the result. Because I, I'm just gonna outright say it. It, it: they made Van Hammer a jobber in this match.
0: They <laughs> did, but like in a weird way. I don't know how else they could have done this because of who it is. Yeah. So, like, Robert Parker comes out. And he's like, I I didn't like you. And you told me this, sir. And, uh, I went back and I had a mid-julep and I found my man. He hit me like a bolt of lightning. Here he comes. And it was Sid Vicious. Look at the fence fucking Sid. I actually kind of marked out. It was like, holy shit, Sid. Because, I don't know, I, I weirdly like Sid, like, a lot.
1: Do you, do you think like I know Brock Lesnar came after Sid Vicious but like Sid Vicious has the same mentality as Brock Lesnar um besides like the whole Sid Vicious when he actually talks cuz when he talks he's all crazy and shit because he's Sid Vicious um it's how
0: he wrestles how he how he like carries himself in the ring
1: yeah he's very It's
0: like Vader honestly it's more like Vader at that time mhm because like uh and, like some people who are smart say that vader was brock lesnar before brock lesnar mm-hmm. and like yeah you could you could put sid in that category too he's not as good at, as either of those guys uh i would say and i like him uh but sid has his way of doing stuff that's entertaining mm-hmm. mileage may vary
1: so what do you have but here what do you have perfect. to say about this match
0: So, like, yeah, he came out, and he had a singlet, and he looked weird, and I was like, what the fuck? Because, like, Van Hammer is in good shape. He has a good upper body, and he was wearing, like, the kind of leather pants and shit, and women clearly liked him a lot. I thought it was, like, kind of odd. Maybe he, like, lost his gear. Maybe. And he he had to, like, borrow somebody's singlet or some shit. I don't
1: know. (laughs) Maybe he's leaving, Uh, and they just wanted to squash
0: him. I don't know. I don't think Van Hammer leaves. I, Van Hammer stays at WCW, I think, all the way till the end. I'm not sure about that, but I think he does. Hmm. uh And then, like, Sid's out. And I'm like, oh, shit, Sid. And Sid gets in the ring. And Van Hammer, like, tries to punch him. Like, he hits him three times. And then Sid just gut kicks him and clotheslines him and shuts him the fuck down. And then he power bombs him, and it's over. Mm-hmm. Like And it was a good sell, too. He's like, oh, fuck! Ah! It's like he got paralyzed and it was over. <laughs> and then I was, like, shocked. Because, like, they basically jobbed Van Hammer out. And But I'm glad Sid's here. And it's like I said, it's like, what do you... It's Sid. What do you do? Like, Sid's kind of like a main eventer. Mm-hmm. Van Hammer has been pushed in the mid-card. And he's, I don't recall him really losing any matches. He did, I think he lost, he lost to Vinny Vegas, I think. Yeah. Well, that was like once. But like, he was, he's still, it's like kind of strange to see him just get beat so easily.
1: Well, the thing is, is like they were building him up, like to be the star. And like, they were pushing him kind of. And then like, they're pushing. He's over. Yeah, they were pushing him in this angle uh, with Colonel Parker. And I'm like. Okay, is he gonna like face Colonel Parker and like beat him, and then like that's when he gets like this? I guess Sid Vicious type of guy. No, they just right away put Sid Vicious in there and power bombs him, and he's done. And it, that hurts Van Hammer, like uh, ranking wise, if there is any rank in this. But like,
0: nah. they, he did get a Sid Vicious type guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so- <laughs>
1: But, uh, I put this as a squash. Uh,
0: me too. It's a squash. But you know what? I got excited. I got excited because Sid's here. And hopefully we'll hear, like, an Amazing Sid promo. Yes. And, or have, like, he'll have, like, a moment, Amazing Sid moments. Or, like, he'll, we'll see him get to, like, destroy jobbers because he's great at that. <laughs> like, not, not Van Hammer, who's, like, a pretty big guy, but, like, somebody smaller that he can just fucking toss around like a sack of shit.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um... And I got excited because I know what's coming. They're going to do this. This is goofy shit. It's kind of like silly. It'll remind you of White Castle of Fear a little bit. But like not in that weird, what the fuck is this reality that Mm. we live in kind of thing. More like, uh, I can't believe this is happening. Which is like, Sid and Vader are going to team up soon. And they're going to wrestle Sting and British Bulldog at Beach Blast. (laughs) And there's a whole there's a whole video package of like Sting a British bulldog hanging out at the beach just to be a beach bros like you know seeing Sting a surfer Sting a British bulldog is like fucking jacked
2: mm-hmm. and
0: they're on the beach and then a boat comes up and it's like one of those boats from like Normandy where all like the fucking soldiers just came out <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Vader, Sid Vicious, Rob Parker, and, like, Harley Race are on that boat, <laughs> and they come out, and they ruin the vibe on the beach, and they're being assholes. Nice. And <laughs> it's like, this, this is part of the feud. Oh, it's it's really funny. I can't wait. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a little bit of, that's about a month or so from now.
1: Yeah, I can't oh, wait. Oh, God. Um, so we we start to get, like, these uh, segments now where Uncle Eric is talking to legends. And I'm going to be full disclosure. Some of these legends I don't know. So, like, they had the guy named Bugsy and, and Reinstein or something like that. Um, if I remember correctly, I think Bugsy is the one that was pacing back and forth. Uh, And he was like all talking about like, oh, that Van Hammer guy, he big and all that stuff. And like they were putting over uh, Van Hammer, but like saying, man, Sid Vicious looks fucking crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be honest, there weren't a lot of people like him. Like they had giants like that back then. Like Grizzly Smith was massive, Mm -hmm. but he didn't fucking move like Sid Vicious does. and And I mean, people will say Sid Vicious isn't that good of a wrestler. He just did not move like that yeah so
1: um, so we have our first legends match uh six man tag, Black Jack Mulligan, Jim Brunzel, Wahoo McDaniel, which I know all of them by the way, uh versus Dick Murdoch, uh Don Morocco, and Jimmy <laughs> the Fly Snooka, which by the way, Snooka had like barely any time in this match. <laughs>
0: Did you call him Jimmy the Fly, Snooker? Yeah. <laughs> he got downgraded. He's not super fly anymore. He's just flying. Yeah. Uh, he, he looked kind of strung out, but like if you know anything about his history, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he still looks like he's in good shape, though. He just looks like burned out or something.
1: It looks like... Uh, it, it, it... <sighs> Some some people might have I had a, uh uncle who used to work out a lot But like every time he got older like He was just like this old Kind of like a Ric Flair kind of look Where the skin was like yeah. All letterly but like still In good shape um, That's what I looked at Jimmy Snook I was like ah He still looks good He still looks like he could get, have a couple more years uh, But it's like ah oh, he's getting old though um
0: <laughs> Don Morocco, man, he let himself go. Yeah. You see Dot you ever see Don Morocco in the eighties WWF? Mm-hmm. Dude was jacked. He was like a fucking brick shit house. And like here he's just like he got fat. His arms are still pretty good. He's just fat now.
1: My favorite dude the the whole thing is Dick Murdoch
0: that's how he's always looked though that's what's great about dick murdoch is like he honestly didn't really change that much (laughs) dick murdoch's interesting because he just looks like shit (laughs) but he was probably the best wrestler in this match
1: yes uh jim brunzel had some uh he looked good uh his uh his drop kicks that he was doing for his old age not bad uh,
0: Jim Brunzel, I think, just got finished wrestling with WWF a f- few years ago at that point. So he was active until, like, f- somewhat recently.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Wahoo McDaniel has a loud-ass fucking chop that he did. Uh, God,
0: yeah. He also doesn't look that different either. He might be a little bit fatter, that's all.
1: Yeah. His hair is kind of goofy. Blackjack.
0: Blackjack. Ooh, he's got the beer gut hard. <laughs> yeah.
1: Blackjack looked like he was struggling a lot.
0: During that whole match. Well, goddamn, he looked like he's pregnant. <laughs> Dick Murdoch looked like he's pregnant, too, but my brother can still fucking get up and do a damn flying head scissors.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I, figured- <laughs> I marked out for that. I literally marked out for that. I was like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome.
0: I did, too. Like, I heard a lot of stories about Dick Murdoch. I've never really seen him work before. I've, I've just never seen a match of his. Mm-hmm. And, like, finally seeing him, I'm like, I like this guy. I like Dick Murdoch now. <laughs>
1: I want to see more Dick Murdoch matches, because I imagine what we saw in this kind of, like, relates to what he's done in the ring. Uh, Especially
0: when you learn he teamed with Dusty Rhodes for a while. Yeah. They were, like, the the West Texas outlaws or whatever the fuck. I'm like, that sounds cool. That sounds like a cool tag team.
1: Uh, It gets a little crazy, Morocco, by accident, clothesline, snuka, um which... <laughs> Fucking stuck hits the table like Larry like laughs at him a little bit. <laughs> He's like, You just hit our table. There goes my monitor. And like that was funny. Um, then there was this like knee thing that Dick Murdoch uh, did was cool, but then like it, it started getting sloppy near the end where I'm like, wait, did the ref stop counting? Because it was like one, two, and then like three and it. And, and they won and I'm like
0: yeah, something happened where it was like the, the ref this happened later too but I think it was meant to happen later mm-hmm. like in the show but like yeah it looked like there was some kind of confusion and then like everybody's got in the ring and it just broke down and then it was just like over
1: <laughs> I wrote down it was good until the end I think the end kind of uh, brought the match down a little bit because I was like I started in the beginning. I'm like, oh, here's all these old guys in the ring. It's a fucking six man tag. It's gonna be a boring fest. But it wasn't a boring fest. Like it was balanced, nice. Uh, but the ending kind of ruined it for me. I give it a five point one out of ten.
0: Yeah, like I, I wanted to study all these guys because like I've seen Don Morocco matches before in the '80s, and that guy was great. I don't know why he didn't get more of a push than what he did
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh and like i've heard all these stories about dick murdoch and wahoo mcdaniel and shit so i was like really interested in like seeing how they work even though they're older now so i paid pretty close attention and dick Mur- i'm a fan of dick murdoch now even if he's like burned out and old at this point i'm like god this guy's great i love his punches <laughs> I like how he just like headlocks a guy and punches him, and it's like this just this real stiff short shot. It just looks good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that this fat beer gut dude can just jump in the air and do a flying head scissors out of nowhere. (laughs) 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 And that that weird knee move you're talking about, it's called like I think it's called a calf branding, where he gets him up in the corner and it's like he just jumps off with his knee and just shoves your fucking face in the mat.
1: Yeah, that was sick.
0: That's a cool move nobody does anymore. Yeah, it's like kind of an old school move. <laughs> I think Terry Funk was still doing it when he was wrestling in the 90s still. And then, So yeah, that's from his era, like 70s wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Like everybody pretty much looked like everybody looked good, honestly, except for like even Blackjack looked okay, even though he was kind of fat. Yeah. He just had a couple moments where he stumbled or something.
1: Blackjack Mulligan, he was the guy that like filled in for commentary while Jesse Ventura had to go to the movies, right? To make movies on Sundays.
0: Yeah, he was really entertaining. He he was he was fun. Yes. He's a, he's a fun personality. <laughs> <laughs> uh Morocco looked okay. It's just he let himself go. Snuka, I don't know what deal Snuka was. Maybe he was like fucking impaired Mm -hmm. or some shit because he was like barely in the match. But yeah, I had kind of fun with it, but the finish was lame. I gave it a 5.4 out of 10. Okay. I'm going to give a lot of that credit probably Dick Murdoch. (laughs) (laughs) Brunzel sold good. They, They beat the shit out of him for a while. I forgot to mention that.
1: Yes. And Brunzel sells good, too. A lot of these legends sell good for their old age.
0: Some do, and some don't. Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, Missy Hyatt is with Mr. Assassin and Mad Dog. Um, Did you
0: call him Mr. Assassin?
1: Mr. Assassin. Uh, Maybe
0: she called him Mr. Assassin.
1: Actually, uh, Tony Schiavone called him Mr. Assassin.
0: That's really funny. I don't it, know why. It's even funnier that he did it for some reason.
1: But Assassin was there and Mad Dog. I I mean, I'm going to be real with you. Like, it's nice to see them. But at the same time, I just, I I didn't care. It was nice to see their face. That's all I was saying. Mad Dog,
0: yeah, like, Mad Dog was incoherent pretty much. Mm-hmm. Except, like, I, I understood him. It's just there's a couple times where he was rambling and, like, I don't know what he was saying. The assassin pretty much had been cutting promos on Dusty Rhodes in the build up to this show. Yeah, and he he did it again here. And it's like, I just kind of thought, are they going to do something where it's like Dusty Rhodes comes out and they just have like a brawl and they they fight off somewhere or something? Because that probably would have been acceptable. Yes, but they didn't even do it. It's like they teased it again. Dusty Rhodes comes out later and does a really good job of like getting anybody into the idea of seeing that. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't happen.
1: Maybe they're just, like, feeling the crowd and see, like, what they could do with it. But then they're, like, probably watch the show over again. You're like, yeah, let's not put a lot of legends in matches.
0: (laughs) Nah, they had to... We said this off-air, like, last night. I was saying, like, there's too many buffer interviews between segments and matches with them. Mm -hmm. Like, with certain people, that was probably cool to do. Like, Luthes. Like seeing Lutez and just hearing him speak was probably like really cool. Yeah, like that guy's a living legend. He 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 built he helped build wrestling pretty much. And get Dusty Rhodes, of course. If there's an excuse to get Dusty Rhodes to say something, fucking let him do it.
1: And I mean, you um, have Lutez there, and you're just like the, automatically you think about Steve Austin doing the Lutez press. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like every time I think of Lutez, I think of Stone Cold. And that's two good wrestlers right there So nice. There of, it is Nice to uh,
0: see Then we go to Ivan Koloff Baron Von Rasky Against Thunderbolt Patterson And Bullet Bob Armstrong And then Thunderbolt comes out without Bob Armstrong And I was like disappointed mm-hmm. Because Bob Armstrong's another guy I've heard a lot of stories about um, And then like Koloff starts talking shit eh, about all the Armstrongs, and he says, "There's cow. Their cow is like, is Brad Armstrong going to come out?"
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> and then he does. them like, "Yes, Brad Armstrong gets to do something."
1: <laughs> Number one thing I have to say: Thunderbolt Pat Patterson looks funny as shit on whatever he does, but it's so over when he does it. One, he walks funny. Two, he punches yeah. funny, and he's he sells funny. He does suplexes funny. Um, everything that he does about his character seems wacky, and I like it.
0: He, Yeah, he's like, he walks around like a rooster. I saw somebody say that, like, on YouTube, because I was, I was looking up Thunderbolt Patterson clips after this match. Because, mm-hmm. like, we saw, remember when they told us, Thunderbolt Patterson will be there, Gordon Sully tells us, and then they show a clip of Thunderbolt Patterson for, like, the 70s beating some guy up and it looked good Mm -hmm. and he's doing the same shit here he's just older yeah but it's like he walks around like a rooster and and he has like this really strange way of throwing punches but like for some reason it doesn't look bad (laughs) it's like like, yeah that's a punch (laughs) it's fucking people nowadays can't even throw a punch um but like Thunderbolt was fun. And Brad Armstrong tried to do the best he could with what he had to work with, which unfortunately was, wasn't very much. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Ivan Koloff could still bump, and he could still do some things, but you, I, I don't know if it's just he's older, beat up, and maybe he's kind of stiff now. Mm-hmm. Baron Von Raschke fucking had no business being in there. <laughs> yes. God damn, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: um then,
0: I know Barry Von Rasky is a pretty legendary figure But it's like man he just looked He just looked really old And really feeble
1: It's it, it, uh, Like Armstrong in this match Like he's trying to save it and everything And trying not to hurt old people at the same time Cause He would like look like He was about to slam someone But you could de- definitely tell he held, ba- held back A little bit well, uh,
0: shit! This guy's like not the same age as me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's
0: like twice my age. Hang on, he adjusted his scoop slam.
1: But it's Armstrong did sell when uh, Koloff was fucking uh, hitting him and shit. Like he was, yeah. he was selling it, and I was like, oh, "That's pretty cool. I, I dig that." Um, nothing about this match was memorable. Uh, it was just a thing for the fun of the fans uh, to see these legends mm-hmm. in the ring again. Uh, I don't have a lot other things to talk about about this match. Do you? Uh,
0: not really. Uh, <laughs> I I like that part where Ver- Von Raske was trying to put Thunderbolt in a headlock and he couldn't do it because Thunderbolt moves weird.
1: Yes, yeah, so he like slips out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he keeps slipping out of his headlock and he's just like what? And then he tries it like two more times and he gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like I like Thunderbolt's promo before the match and then he said he do, he doesn't give a shit he'll kick both they asses
2: yep <laughs> but
0: then Brad Armstrong comes out I'm like oh okay um uh Koloff looked okay in spurts it's like I said Rasky shouldn't have probably been there yeah I gave this a 4 out of 10
1: I gave it a little bit higher. I give it a five point two out of ten because I was like, I was. This is me basing off of pure entertainment, but seeing Patterson, fucking work. I was like, I, they put on a show. Other matches down the road in, uh on his legends, I think from here kind of like die down a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah, hey, don't 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 misunderstand me. Four out of ten doesn't mean it's a bad match. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, like, below average. Okay. It's, it's like, it it fell short, and that's because Von Rasky can't fucking work anymore. Mm-hmm. And Koloff is clearly kind of stiffening up because he's older and he's probably injured and shit. But he can still do a little bit. But it's, like, it suffered. And Thunderbolt, I don't even know if Thunderbolt could fucking bump. He didn't.
1: I don't think he was a he took lo- no bumps. I think he was gonna not allow any bumps because he was just gonna move out of it with his rooster
0: movement. <laughs> with his rooster movement, he also has that reputation for trying to fucking protect himself and shit too, though. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm surprised yeah. they inputted this segment. By the way, Flair for the Gold is in, on uh, a pay per view Slam uh I'm not compl- yeah. I'm not complaining, um, but it's it's kind of a promo of bringing the four horsemen back together. Uh but first they talked about Arn Anderson on how he's gonna become a champion. Um and he's gonna get all the ladies, uh as Rick Flair was talking about. That's right, uh, brother. And then he talked about Ollie Anderson, uh or Oli Anderson coming That's out. Crazy. Yeah. And uh he had some things to talk about. Uh, And then the new addition to the Four Horsemen is Paul Roma. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Interesting. I I, I never knew that.
0: (laughs) I'm going to reserve judgment because I never saw Paul Roma in the Four Horsemen, but I always hear like Paul Roma was like the worst Four Horsemen or some bullshit. So I'm going (laughs) to wait and see. But, like, yeah, Flair reunites the Horsemen, which, yeah, sure, that's probably, like, a pay-per-view moment. Mm-hmm. And Tully Blanchard was supposed to be there, and he no-showed. In reality, nobody wanted to work with Tully anymore. Hmm. Uh Flair calls out the Hollywood Blondes and tells them he'll be he'll be wrestling again very soon, brother. So it's like he's basically challenging them.
1: I'm, I'm excited for that.
0: He got mad because they called him old. Mm-hmm. I ain't old. I'm going to bring back the Ford Horseman. Woo! Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, I'm looking forward to that. though. Mm. Then we get Dory Fogg Jr. and Dick Bockwinkle. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of... I had a lot of thoughts during this match, and a lot of it didn't necessarily come from the match itself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was more like just stuff about it. Like, I said, these two guys are a pair of, like, probably the most influential and important wrestlers in the-, the business ever produced. Yeah. And I don't know that they ever crossed paths before in their primes. And judging from the commentary, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really want to break this down move for move or anything. I watched the match closely because I'd never really seen either of them wrestle before, even though they're both old.
1: There were so many holds. And- so many holes. there's a
0: lot of there's a lot of holes. that's that's kind of how they both worked though i think Mm -hmm. maybe with some exceptions you know when they were a little younger maybe they did some more different things
1: this is where you get to see the crowd is bored
0: yeah uh i i said something about that here i felt bad for them because the crowd like barely reacted to them at all Mm -hmm. and i get like both these guys are from different eras and they're older See, and the Bach Buckwinkle's prime, I think, was in the 60s, in like the early 70s or something.
1: See, if anything I would have had this match on the main show, right? But other yeah. legend matches, I would have probably put in a pre-show maybe like mm-hmm. uh, before the main show kind of thing because I think I think this match would have had a good reaction if they didn't had to deal with all the other shit before. Because you know a lot, a lot of a lot of people don't show up for pre-show stuff. They usually show up when the, the actual event happens, uh, and then you could have th- the hardcore people that actually want to see these legends be in the crowd for the pre-show and give you know give them a round of applause. But when you have the younger and the casuals that show up, then they go, "What the fuck? Is- I just watched Two Cold Scorpio do that top bro- rope move." And now I'm just watching two old guys just fucking doing hold moves. Like I understand that could be boring to them. Yeah. And I it, think
0: there's a there's a disconnect here, a generational disconnect. Mm-hmm. Uh I think there's also a fan disconnect too, though. Because um it's like it's like I was saying Bach Wiggles Prime was like a couple decades before, and same thing for Dory. Mm hmm and I feel like watching them was just a cool moment. Like it was like you're witnessing wrestling history sort of. Yeah. And everything they did was good. Like all the fundamentals and stuff and like little things they, they both did. Mm-hmm. Nothing was executed poorly.
1: And I, um, and, and I like that it's even when they're retired, they are still put them over both of them by having a draw.
0: <laughs> like, hey, yeah. Speaking of draws. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was kind of cool in a way that they, they ended it in a draw. Yeah,
1: because weren't these, like, rivals and shit? Like, they were from different uh, territories, so, like, this was a big moment?
0: Yeah, like, Dory Funk is was NWA champion, and, and Bach Winkle wrestled, like, in AWA, and I think he wrestled out west, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he didn't really wrestle in NWA that much, I think, if it, ever. Is
1: AWA on Peacock?
0: I don't know. It used to be on um, the WWE network. I don't know if they've moved that stuff over yet.
1: Because I kind of want to watch some A- AWA stuff.
0: Yeah, depending on like what time, it's pretty good. And then depending on like, basically after like the mid eighties, it's like AWA becomes like really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, because they they got all their talent rated. Um. But. Yeah, what I was getting at was uh, there's like a fan disconnect here. I've heard it argued before that WCW ran off a lot of their hardcore audience through the early 90s up to this point. Mm-hmm. Like the the really hardcore wrestling fans that were really into like the, the NWA wrestling, the Jim Crockett promotions wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's like when they got under Turner, that's when things started to get kind of screwy. Yeah. Um, and like I've said this before, like we're we're watching right now what is considered to be like one of the low points of WCW history. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've heard I've heard stories from different people. And it's like the the stuff that they do here at this time is it's like they're kind of like trying to mimic WWF and it's they're not them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like they're copying them. And you can see it sometimes in some of these segments, some of these gimmicks. Well, when, when, Even if it's stuff that we think is, like, really entertaining and funny, like White Castle affair or the beach blast thing. Well, <laughs> what,
1: what, what's funny is, like, when we started watching the 93 stuff, we were just like, wow, this seems so different compared to what Raw is, right? Even though Raw is, like, new uh, and, like, they're testing grounds and stuff, WCW had their sports feel to it, where we're just like... Oh, it feels like a sports event and things are happening in pro wrestling on WCW. And it was interesting because you were getting interesting matches and feuds. And now, you know, before we went to this pay-per-view, it was going down a weird path where it's like, it seems like they're trying too hard, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think that hurts them where they're trying to be like, oh you know WWF is a big deal and we need to beat them uh so we need to be like them and when they, every time they try to be like them is when me and you are kind of like ah yeah, that doesn't seem right like it's acting weird you you're going away from the formula that was actually working for you and now it's not
0: there's too many regime changes like we liked it when Bill Watts was running it mhm Bill Watts is a is a real old school southern wrestling guy. He kind of helped establish that that style. Uh and like now I, I think Dusty Rhodes are, is in charge maybe or Oli or something, but the thing is is like it's not just Dusty Rhodes being in charge. Mm-hmm. It's Dusty Rhodes having to do what the fucking network tells him to do. Yeah. Like, there's corporate people involved in shit now. <clears throat> but uh I couldn't help but wonder, though, because they, like I said, they, they ran a lot of the hardcore audience off, uh, that maybe if they ran this match during 1988 or something, I just couldn't help but think maybe the crowd probably would have got into this more. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, that's a, hard, a lot of people said the hardcore actual wrestling fans were from like the South or like the Midwest and shit. Um, the crowd did come to life, though, and they got within the three minutes remaining point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> proving that god damn it people will get into it even like these people that were in this match at all but when they started counting down the time they got into it mm-hmm. so bring back damn time limit shit during match you start announcing three minutes left three minutes it'll just get you into it doesn't matter what cause it's like oh shit time's running out what's gonna happen
1: hey really does that
0: which is yeah, good. they do. Some sometimes they do it sometimes they don't it's weird mm-hmm. like they forget
1: <laughs> maybe um, maybe Justin Roberts in the bathroom.
0: <laughs> maybe he's busy fixing his tie.
1: <laughs> would you uh, would you give it by the way that match?
0: Oh, I gave it a five point seven out of ten. I'll admit I was probably being kind of generous, I, but like I was just really interested in like what they were doing though.
1: Yeah, I gave it a five point three out of ten. A little bit. Yeah. Of, I I again nothing against these legends. Uh, I just I got bored especially when, especially when after work and you're just like I want to watch wrestling and it's literally old people in there and I I understand this is what you know made the business back in the day but you don't need to have all these legend matches in one night
0: yeah I don't think I think it, they made a mistake too doing all these in a row mm-hmm. so I think it killed the crowd because like, yeah people were kind of like into the first one because there were still some somewhat contemporary names in there. Like you notice when Wahoo McDaniel came out, he was really over. Mhm. Um and like I think you yeah, get Dick Murdoch too and and Shit and Blackjack. They those guys were still over. But then you get to Ivan Koloff and them and they didn't have like that good of a match. Yeah. And then like then it just slows down. This is like a different style. This this is like two classic wrestlers really. Mhm. Um but, you know, maybe you would want to watch them in the 70s or the 60s, though. Like, like right? You'd rather see them in their prime try to do something.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back and watch these guys in their prime work. Yeah, I want
0: to. I want to as well. I've heard so many stories, especially about Nick Bockwinkle. I'm like, I was, I'm really curious about that guy.
1: Because you always hear about these uh, these guys on, like, other podcasts and stuff uh, with, like, you know, Rick Flair and... And all the other old timers, and you're just like, I wanna see what they're talking about. Uh I mean you won't see it in, in this pay per view, but you'll see it in the prime, uh in their prime time. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Uncle Eric is back, uh, he's talking to legends.
0: Yeah, he's got Thes with him and Bob Guile, who I don't really recognize.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I just had a beer. I'm gonna open up a root beer now. So root beer.
0: Uh, they didn't really say anything of no. It's just Luthes was like, man, these athletes is is great. Wow, it's just you see Luthes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like Luthes helped turn wrestling into what it is. Yep. So that's cool. And then we get Ravishing Rick Root and Paul Orndorff against Dustin Rhodes and Kensuke Sasaki. They they call him Kinsuke.
1: <laughs> Sasaki.
0: Kinsuke, that's like that's not how you pronounce that.
1: Sasaki so <laughs> is amazing to watch. Like I was going
0: like into, I, yeah,
1: I was going into it being like, ah, uh, it's just another new Japan person, a Japan wrestler. I had never heard of him before. Why is he in this match? Shouldn't it be someone else? That's what uh, Dustin Rhodes. No, during his match, he was fucking awesome. I've never seen a small Asian man mess up fucking Rick Rude like Sasaki did. <laughs> Sasaki threw around Rick Rude like he was nothing.
0: Well, you know what's funny about Sas- Sasaki is like he's not a very tall guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like Rick Rude had several inches on him. and But like he's kind of stout, though. He's not like – he's kind of built. For, he's like, like Scott Norton. short. He reminds me of—he's got like Pac's build a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's as ripped as Pac is. His arms aren't as big, but he's—he's he's got like a similar build to that. But it was funny because like at I, I first, like this started out, and then Kinskey came out, and I was like, okay, I thought he got injured, so I guess he recovered. Mm-hmm. And I still—I I hate say this, and I'm—I'm I'm probably like beating this horse to death. But I'm like, why the fuck is—is is this not Ron Simmons? <laughs> just, I feel like it would have made more sense if Dustin Rose and Ron Simmons teamed up.
1: I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want to do the match, or maybe he was injured again.
0: He said, damn, and he just didn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Rick, Rude, and Dustin had a standoff. Uh, there was a lot of... It was very fast. A lot of flips were happening. like uh, Rick, uh, Dustin, like... Took Rick Rude and like flipped him over his back. It's so fucking high. Like Rick Rude, oh, t-
0: gave, it was a great backdrop. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Rick Rick Rude took some beating in this match. He took very big beatings in this match. Uh, I marked that with the atomic drop from Sasaki and uh, <laughs> fucking Rick Rude selling it.
0: <laughs> Rick Rude. Ultimate weakness, his kryptonite atomic drop. It doesn't matter what variation he is, because this was an inverted one. Mm. And I, I've, I've never seen Rick Rude sell an inverted one. It, it did not disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> was just like, oh, and he always. If you've never seen it, go to like go you Google and type in Rick Rude sells atomic drops, and you'll see it. <laughs> he like stands on his tippy toes. Holds his back like an old man who threw his back out and he can like barely walk. It's like he stiffens up. It's hilarious. <laughs> but well, it's... it's like legitimately, that's what that move does though. It like jams your tailbone is like how you're supposed to think about it. Yeah. So like fucks your back up.
1: Yeah. So what did you have to say about this match?
0: Um, I, I uh, liked it. Like I said, I was a little disappointed that... that Kensuke was in this match. Nothing against him, but like he proved to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like the thing in the beginning. Like Rick Wood was like, "You're a little guy. You're a little Japanese guy." And he's like, "Look at me!" And he's like, and "It's like, what's with this? Look at you. You look like a creator wrestler." <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and Then he pushes him, and then Kensuke mimics him, and then he pushes him and shoves him into the turnbuckle. And then the crowd like reacted really well to that. And I'm like, that's one way. You get like a foreign talent over that nobody has any frame of reference for. hmm. He kind of showed him up. It was like a classic babyface thing where he like won up the heel. I,
1: I love Rude's gear with his face on his ass.
0: His face is all over his crotch, his ass, his whatever. It's just he's, he's, he's all about himself.
1: Mm mm-hmm. hmm. He, he does <laughs> the, uh, uh, the the waving of his hips over Dustin Rhodes.
0: The hip, the hip swivel? Yeah. <laughs> that always gets heat? He also did the promo in the beginning. He's like, he called them all sweat hogs and said, just shut up while me and Paul Ordorf take our robes off. <laughs> <laughs> like, could they be a tag team? Like, I, I feel like they should just be a tag team.
1: They should. They really should. Like, I, I, I dig that. And, uh, oh, man, how Paul and Rick were, like, doing all the... The teamwork shit where they were just keeping Sasaki to one side or Dustin to one side. Uh, Which, by the way, a a lot of during this match was a lot of uh, referees getting fucking pushed around while they were just, like, uh, doing the teamwork kind of thing. Like, oh, look at him. Look at him. He's doing something. And then they would turn around and nothing's happening. So it it was nice seeing that. Um, Again, Sasaki fucking made my eyes bulge because I was like holy shit he's doing a fucking bench press on Rick Rude how he lift him like that I was like holy fuck
0: he military pressed him. it was crazy
1: mhm and
0: <clears throat> um oh yeah I want to give a shout out to Larry's Bisco cuz like the commentary was good here he's he's making a point of like how he's like see it looks like Rude and Paul Ordorf can communicate well they're 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 acting like a team but like see Dustin and Kinsuke Sasaki can't because there's like a language barrier there. Mm-hmm. He's like, see, it's like he's it, like when he would get fucked up with the referee and it, it's like, he didn't know what to do. It was like, Hey, it's a good, that's a good catch there. The yeah. lesser commentator wouldn't have said anything about that.
1: Yeah. I, I'll say that. I know. I, I sound like I'm beating a dead horse as well. I love Larry's Zabisco more than Jesse. But Jesse's funny when it comes to his comedy. But Larry does good color commentary Where he like explains situations Where he's just like oh this is why This person's losing in the match Or this is why this guy's winning in the match He'll he'll give you an explanation
0: He's a little better at that
1: mm-hmm.
0: He's a little bit more mercurial too
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, The I love the ending by the way Like there was chaos that was happening And then like Rick Root said enough of this shit I'm hitting my Root Awakening and uh gets the pin one, two, three. Uh, and I was satisfied with the match. I gave it a five point nine out of ten. I actually like this match.
0: Yeah, like uh oh what else do I have to say about this? I liked um the work over Dustin for a while, and I like this spot here where like Root goes for a Power Driver, but he like just barely Dustin barely manages to wiggle out and block it. Mm-hmm. So he clubs him. And then he goes to take him up for a tombstone, but then Dustin reverses it and tombstones him.
1: That was cool. that's a
0: that is a really cool kind of hard to do reversal spot. A bunch of people try to do it; very few can actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, where what else did I put in here? Uh, oh, this is what, like when he comes back. It's like like Dustin gets beat down for a while. He tags. Uh, sasaki back in and this is when he's trying to make his comeback he hits the the inverted atomic drop and it was amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he like clotheslines rude like four fucking times <laughs> then like he, he goes the top rope but i think he hits like a, a clothesline and then he tries to like do something else and mm-hmm. that's when he gets shoved off because dustin and paul are fighting on the ramp over there they got like the new japan style ramp leading to the ring here yeah and then um so they're like right there and then he pushes them and then that's when rude hits the rude awakening um by the way shout out to this is how starved i am for like seeing people actually try to punch people in wrestling Mm -hmm. there's a spot where like i don't know dustin threw rude in the corner and then he stops him from doing something i think he got his boot up or some shit Mm -hmm. And Dustin's like, oh, fuck, you know, he does that shit. He just kind of goes halfway across the ring and holds his face. But then Rude does this shit where he sees him, and he, like, draws back, and he just kind of – it's like he measures him for this punch, and he swings just hits him, and he goes down on one punch. And I was like, (laughs) you just can't beat a good punch in wrestling. I don't know. Nobody nobody would do that nowadays. (laughs) Um, Decent match. I don't – I'm not going to go over that again. Uh, I still just want to see Dustin and Rude have a match, though. It pisses me off.
1: <laughs> Are we ever going to get that? I feel like we're I hope not. So.
0: I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting mad. I'm getting irritated about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave it a 6.3 out of 10.
1: Cool. Alright, Gordon Sully's, uh in the middle of the ring. Um, this is where I messaged you last night, and I was like, dude, the fucking crowd sucks dick. Like, they're Literally groaning uh, and just and talking and shit over Gordon, we're at a point where he's like, "Hey, can we like pay attention, please?" Like he says it in a nice manner, and they just don't give a fuck. He's uh, like,
0: "Please let me finish."
1: Yeah, and then he gives his appeal. I um again, I'm gonna be full disclosure. I didn't really care for what he said <laughs> either because I was I was checked out, but I was more annoyed that you know. He's a legend, Gordon. So like, uh, let him speak. If you don't care what they're saying, just be silent. <laughs> and they weren't silent. But what did he have to yeah. say?
0: Oh, he, they were putting people into the WCW Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, this was right. the, be, the beginning of it. And it made me think, like, so, like, what happened to the WCW Hall of Fame? Did it, like, did it just get the- dissolved because they got bought? I guess it's like, it's not, it's not really recognized anymore. <laughs> so, but like they inducted some people that passed away, which included like Andre the giant and a few other people. Mm. And then Eddie Graham, who also passed away, I think he passed away somewhat recently around that time, maybe. And then Mr. Wrestling Two And Luthas, my favorite part about that was when he told that story about Mr. Wrestling Two. About how like Jimmy Carter and his wife were like big fans of Mr. Wrestling too, <laughs> and like she invited him to like come to the White House and visit them or some shit. <laughs> but like the the fucking Secret Service refused to allow him there because he had he wear he wore that mask, and then they they said you have to take the mask off if you come here, and he declined to the visit because of that. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that's protected kayfabe right there. He 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 protected the gimmick. To, to not visit the fucking president.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> That's fucking dedication. <laughs> um, if only people could think like that anymore. <laughs> <It's> just... Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we go to the next match, and uh, this was Sting's match. Sting comes out, and then the prisoner comes out, and then I was like, is that fucking nails? And I had to go make make sure it was. And yes, it's nails.
1: Is that the same guy who uh, faces Big Boss Man and? Uh, about- yeah,
0: get it. Big Big Boss Man fights a prisoner. Yeah. <laughs> that was that- fucking Vince.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I but, um this god. If Scott, you, you, go, you go ahead.
1: If Scott Norton <laughs> wasn't there, I don't think this match should have never happened. One, because I think it made look, Sting look like shit. In my opinion. Yeah.
0: This match did not do the Stinger any favors, in my opinion.
1: Because it was in the beginning, it was the majority of the prisoner just strangling the fuck out of Sting. and oh,
0: I, hated, I did not like this match.
1: <laughs> and Sting trying to punch the prisoner, and the prisoner was just brushing it off. Um. Apparently, there's a bounty on Sting. I what? <laughs> and...
0: I maybe Vader put a bounty on Sting, or Harley Race did. I could see that because like it felt like they had unfinished business after that strap match. You know? Mm-hmm. Hey, the match ended in like a weird way, and it was like Sting still got to keep his heat. Take take notes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <But> like,
0: <laughs> uh. That's the only thing I could think of. They never explained it. But, like, I, Nails is coming out, and I'm like, I'm going to f- do full disclosure here. I've never seen Nails wrestle before. Me either. So it was like, okay. And then he immediately started disappointing the, the fuck out of me. Because <laughs> he saw literally, like, three-quarters of the match is him choking Sting. He's choking Sting with his hand. He's choking him. He's grabbing his throat and choking him like he's his wife. He's fucking... Throwing him on the ground and choking him with his boot. He's throwing him outside. He's choking him with fucking camera cables. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, I'm like, God damn it, do something else. Like, I know it's a heel tactic to choke, but, like, fuck, that was, like, his whole offense. And Um,
1: Sting, uh, (sighs) when Sting started having, like, offense, he had a bad lariat, uh, Sting. And I don't know if it was because fucking the prisoner wouldn't go down because like he did his. are you talking weird-
0: about when he, when he tried to stand in clothesline him and he-, he just kind of st- staggered yeah 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 I noticed that it's like he was like it's weird cause like Nails is kind of a big guy but he's not that much bigger than Sting
1: I think the prisoner went into business for himself in this match I'm not gonna lie like I this match really made Sting look bad uh, and that's why I said this should have never been in the in the match. Like I understand they want Sting on the card because it's the stinger. Um but this match hurt him a lot and I it's and how it ended too, with another weird three count from the referee, which was not a three count, it was a two count.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I'm I'm agreeing with what you said. I think that Nails was not cooperating much in this match. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've heard s- stories about like how Sting had kind of a rough go of it for a while when he was babyface there. Uh like when he during his push here when he surfer Sting, and this is after Ric Flair leaves and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Or like the politics were getting kind of bad there. And it got to a point to where it was like Sting was so used to having to watch out for himself for shit like this. Like when somebody like Vader came along and it's like brother let's just fucking have a cool match it like that took him aback like he didn't know how to react to that because mm. the last time he got treated like that was like when he'd have matches with like rick flair or something yeah <laughs> but but uh god like nails hits one move i think he can fucking backbreakers him at some point
1: yeah he did a backbreaker
0: and then sting he's trying to come back he does a backdrop and he does a stinger splash and shit and then Sting goes to the top rope and clotheslines him and that's when he gets three and it was a weird pin and I think they called it an audible they just went home Yeah. and I noticed like when he was leaving on the ramp Sting didn't look very happy
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he looked kind of pissed off <laughs> <laughs> like he looked like he wasn't satisfied with that shit at all
1: yeah uh, I don't blame him <laughs> I gave this a 4.8 out of 10.
0: Okay. Uh, I gave this a 3.9 out of 10. Jesus
1: Christ.
0: It was fucking bad. <laughs> like, I, and I gave Nails a shot because like, I've never seen Nails wrestle before. Here we go. And it was, And he's wrestling Sting who's like, I mean, this is when Sting, in my opinion, is at the peak of his athleticism and his in-ring ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he may not be, like, the guy to lead a match or anything, I don't think. I don't think that was ever really his thing. But, like, it's like, okay, let's see what happens with Sting. And it was, like, apparently fucking nothing. It was so bad, Sting wanted to fucking go home early. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and like, I, this guy got the prisoner gimmick from WWF, and he left. Because allegedly he there is this story he got pissed at Vince McMahon and assaulted him backstage.
1: Oh Jesus Christ.
0: Over over fucking pay or something? I don't know. Like <laughs> he got pissed and, and attacked Vince McMahon. <laughs> and like that got him out of there fast. Mm. <laughs> and then like he tried to um rake him over the coals during the steroid trial, too. He tried to he tried everything he could to get him. And uh it's funny to me that he leaves WWF with this ridiculous prisoner gimmick and he comes here and he's the prisoner. And it's basically, he's still, he's still Nails.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm like, why the fuck is there, like, a prisoner wrestling? What <laughs> the fuck is it? Like, whatever, Big Boss Man, whatever. Like, it's still, it's like, a prisoner, though? Like,
1: <laughs> you know what I kind of want to see, even though Nails kind of sucks? I want to see... The prisoner versus Max Payne. <laughs> I want to see the. I want to see that train wreck.
0: <laughs> oh God, that would be interesting though, because like, I don't know if Max Payne would respond well to him trying to like go into business for himself. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Um, he's boring. Uh, uh, I hated it. I would much rather have Scott Norton.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Probably one of the worst matches of the night.
0: It is the worst match of
1: the night To me To fear not everybody To fear we are hitting a good stride now The show comes back The show is back in town Uh, I got fucking uh, Excited Uh, But before we get into the next match uh, We had another Uncle Eric Who was with the Crusher Crusher's awesome by the way He's kind of
0: fun Yeah,
1: He was entertaining during that uh, That segment uh, it's like
0: your weird uncle or something. He's just like, it's <laughs> like what he came off as
1: <laughs> uh, They have the spots of the Beach Blast pay per view spot, and I was like, okay, that's our next pay per view that we're going to be leading up to, uh, and hopefully, hope. I mean, obviously, we're going to get that match with the uh, uh, Psycho Sid and fucking uh, Vader. So I'm excited for that. Um, but we have our cage match for the WCW World Tag Team Championship, uh, the Hollywood Blonde Steve Austin, and Brian Pillman versus the Dos Hombres uh, with uh, as, or no, it's Ricky Steamboat as Dos Hombres, and apparently uh, Shane Douglas was quote-unquote there in the mask, but it was actually uh, Z-Gun, uh, T- uh, Tom Zenk. Uh, what? Yeah, under that mask.
0: I didn't know that. I, didn't, I well, So so Shane Douglas wasn't in this match at all?
1: No, that's why his mask never came off.
0: That's why I liked Shane Douglas this time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, because it was like, you know, Shane Douglas was okay in this match. Because I got, I got, it, it was Tom Zink. It yeah. was the Z-Man the whole time. They swerved me.
1: Yeah. I got confused because every time... Because I didn't know until after the match that this was Tom Zank. I'm like, I never knew Shane Douglas did this weird, like, dance every time he hit somebody. Um,
0: well, they were both uh, doing it. That was supposed to be the Dos Hombres thing.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: I like how Larry called it the Mexican jumping bean. dance. Yes. <laughs> I was like, dude, cannot say that now. <laughs> um, oh, my God.
1: Or Steamboat doing Steamboat things. Every time... Steamboat was in the ring. You knew he was Steamboat on how he was wrestling. He's got a
0: very distinct way of moving and doing things.
1: Yeah. Um, I wrote, who are these guys in the stands that are watching them? by the way? What was that all about?
0: I don't know. I think that's, like, just, uh, uh, I don't know, bullshit to make it look like they're scouting the Hollywood Blondes. Part of me thought maybe it was, like, Paul Heyman coming back. Mm -hmm. Because I think Paul comes back for a hot minute in WCW and then he leaves again. But I'm not 100% sure on that.
1: I don't know. Um, Austin takes a beating in this match. I've never seen oh Austin God. get tossed in the cage. Like, i would never seen him get tossed like that in WWF. How, how he was he getting tossed. bumped
0: to- his ass off in this match. Yeah. Like- and you know we've said that before like it's weird to see Austin like bump so much like you know how he, he, the way he sells and stuff right now mm-hmm. but like yeah he, he bumped his ass off in this match doing crazy spots like he let Steve-O fucking throw him in cage like he owed him money mm-hmm. and, he, <laughs> and then there was like that thing where he hung him upside down
1: yeah the tree of woe that,
0: sh- that looked dangerous as shit too like if he could have slipped he would have landed on top of his head yeah and he did slip, I think. Mm-hmm. It was just like that fucking Z Man, apparently Z Man saved his ass. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was crazy though.
1: Uh there was an atomic drop that was cool in that match. And and, and again I marked out a little bit. Uh
0: atomic drop him and he bounces off the cage and he does something, like clotheslines him or something. Yes. It was cool.
1: Uh I wrote about the Tree of Woe where Austin uh, is upside down. I was like, holy shit, this is kind of awesome to see during this time. Uh,
0: I don't, has anybody, have you ever seen anybody do that?
1: Not on top of a cage, no.
0: (laughs) I haven't either. I was trying to think, like, have I ever seen anybody hang from the cage upside down like that by their legs? I I couldn't think of it.
1: Yeah, I wrote, Pillman uh, did a splash that was countered. That was cool. Then Steamboat doing the fucking crossbody on top of the cage was fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, that was fucking great. I was like, oh God. And that that led to that insane finish sequence.
1: Mm-hmm. With Austin doing the stun gun for the win.
0: Oh man, it just it goes insane. It's like he just I wrote it down. Uh they, they start breaking down, and then Stingbat. Sting. Sting. Steamboat takes his masks off, and then he goes on top of the cage. He does the big crossbody.
2: Mm-hmm. Gets
0: both of them, and he gets a two. And I think he tries to pin uh, Brian, and then he, he kicks out. And then it becomes confusion because, like, the timekeeper rang the bell or something, but the referee told him it was two. This is what I was talking about, where I think this was supposed to happen on purpose.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and then he tries to cover Austin again and he kicks out and then he grabs Pillman and DETs him and tries to pin him again (laughs) and then Z-Man, not Shane Z-Man comes in and he goes for a cover and then him and like god damn it it, Pillman and fucking steamboat still going at it and then like Austin grabbed Z-Man and gave him the stun gun and pinned him yeah in the middle of all that shit it's like the ref lost track of what happened i think of like who was legal yeah and, and then like austin got that he hit his finish out of nowhere and it got pinned and
1: can we can we go back to cage matches being tag team where you actually still have to tag people in because i kind of missed yeah, i like
0: that yeah because i was like well i think i've heard this by a few different people now but like that whole thing where it's like they have to climb out of the cage, is like the WWF way of doing a cage match. Mm-hmm. Apparently, everybody else, anybody that had a cage match, like in the South or something, that's not how that worked. <laughs> you just had a match of the fucking cage.
1: <laughs> yeah, because think about it: you're in a cage, you can't escape, you can't do the heel tactics, um, because yeah. you literally are trapped in with with your opponents. Like, and, and that's what a steel cage reminds me of. I I hate when like they think of steel cage. And it's always like they have to do these high fly moves now, and they have to uh, escape the 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 cage. What about just ending the match in the cage and win?
0: <laughs> yeah, I never I never cared for that uh, that weird apparent WWF rule about you have to escape the cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until they did Hell in a Cell where it was like, okay, now we do a cage match, right? Except it's got a roof now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, like, everybody likes those, I guess.
1: A little side, um, a little side tangent uh, with Hell in a Cell. I was watching one where it's, like, Kurt Angle, Rock, Steve Austin, Triple H, uh, The Undertaker. Kishi and Undertaker. Yeah. And just, having, just having, like, Vince McMahon, like, back up a fucking truck full of mulch and shit. <laughs> yeah, bring the mulch here. Come on. And then, like, Rakishi gets, like, not chokeslam, kind of pushed onto the back of the truck where the mulch is. <laughs>
0: It's kind of a choke slam. It's it's like a, it's like he didn't throw him all the way up. He's just like he grabbed by the throat and was like "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of fell into that shit. I'm sure KC was like sweating bullets over that.
1: Yeah. But I, I digress because um, I was like I I watch it this weekend as well. So
0: <laughs> someday we'll cover that match. Yes. Uh, um, would do you, you have you- any other things to say about this one?
1: No, I kinda hit all the points. Uh I was really surprised Z Man was there. Um he did an awesome job. I was like, Wow, Shane Douglas does suck. And I, I was the and I was the one who was like Why did Ricky Steamboat take off his mask but not quote unquote Shane Douglas? And then that's when I looked it up and I was like, Oh, it's Z Man. That's why it's Tom so What Z-Man. happened
0: what happened to Shane Douglas then?
1: I, I guess this is when he's going to E C dub.
0: No, he must have got pissed and left. Yeah. Okay. Because he was getting pissed. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, what else did I have to say? Um. Yeah, some of the bumps Austin took. I, the, the one where Steamboat gives him that backdrop and he bounces off the cage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Fuck, that was crazy. <laughs> um, let's see. No, I already talked about the upside down thing. This is fucking dumb, but I always love it when he does this. I love when Austin gets, he gets heat, and he's like he's beating somebody down, and then he does the camera roll thing. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah! (laughs) It it makes me laugh every time he does it. It's just like so obnoxious and loud.
1: Because he's like doing, oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah! (laughs) But what the hell?
0: (laughs) And then like, the when Tony they, they started using the towel like they were beating up uh I think that was who's he bit yeah, it was Steamboat. They're beating up Steamboat at this point. And they get him in the corner and then Pillman has the towel there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then Tony Shivani says, They're using that towel as a choking device. I'm like, <laughs> A choking device? <laughs> what the fuck? It's just choking him with a towel. This is WWF. He's taking him to a medical facility. <laughs> <laughs> Safe fucking hospital. <laughs> Um, man, Austin is just like, I don't, I don't know if we've said this much about him, but like at this point when he's younger, he's a fucking machine, man. Mm-hmm. The way he can move around and like his explosiveness, he's fast as hell. Yeah, he is. It's just, and it's like, I guess we just, cause we always see him when he's stone cold and he's a little bit more beat up and injured at that point.
1: Yeah, his knees are all fucked up.
0: Ch- and he had to change his style too, cause of his neck injury because mm-hmm. he he still had elements of that when he was stone cold before the pile driver yeah um
1: the pile driver just like sped things up a little
0: bit <laughs> yeah it kind of did um that's yeah that's that's pretty much it i, I really like this match um steamboat was great the blondes are are greatness uh it was a little visually confusing at times because of the Dos Ombre's outfits. Except like when, when Steamboat would like start to do something, then it was like, okay, that's obviously Steamboat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes when they get beat up and they were just selling or or they tag really quick and you didn't quite catch it, you would like lose track a little. Yeah. But it was okay. It didn't detract. What'd you give it? Seven point nine out of ten.
1: Man, you've been every time I've been generous, you've been harsh. Every time you've been generous, I've been harsh. I give it a six point 6. five out of ten. I
0: I love the uh, man like uh, Steam. I love Steamboat. I love watching Steamboat work. It doesn't matter what he's doing. Mm. And then like him working with Austin and Pillman's great. And then it was like I said earlier. It's like man Shane Douglas is kind of good in this match. That's because it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Then, and some of the sequences they did like Austin bumping his ass off for this match, helped make it. And the finish sequence was great. It was insane. <laughs> they were, they were, they were popping off for that shit.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was a good match. It, it kind of woke me up. It This is where I was <laughs> waking up during the pay-per-view and it, it's, it's not that it, and I'll get to it near the end. I'll, I'll save this for the end. Uncle Eric has Last of the the legends here With Dusty Rhodes, Stu Hart And Mr. Wrestling number two Um
0: I was surprised Stu Hart showed up here
1: Yeah
0: I think he just doesn't give a fuck Mm -hmm. Just go and do whatever he wants to do He's gonna stop him
1: Dusty had that promo Um calling out the assassin Uh which again didn't pay off Because we're just like we're never gonna get this Why are you doing this
0: I love that. He's like, I heard somebody was challenging me, and, uh, well, my big ass is right here! Come and get it, baby! <laughs> and they were like, ah, oh, yeah, let's go! Mm. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes sold a match that wasn't gonna happen, basically.
1: <laughs> but we get into probably one of my favorite matches of the night. But I'm gonna let you take it away. Uh, it's Arn Anderson versus Barry Windham for the NWA Championship, so I'll let you take away on this one.
0: Okay. So, yeah they come out, and then um they square off a little bit. they're a little hesitant and then orange starts getting near falls with stuff. He gets like a headlock takeover and gets like a, a near fall, and then he does an atomic drop and a back drop and shit he He keeps kicking at it too, and he keeps like i'm gonna get you it's it's coming mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um they go out a little bit and Arn bows up to swing at Barry like he's going to fucking nail him in the face. And then Barry's like, oh shit, he ducks. And he just DDTs him for two. <laughs> <laughs> like Barry rolled out of the ring and he was like, oh, holy shit. Because <laughs> that was kind of close. And then he goes after him. Arn goes after him. And Barry pulls him uh, through the rope and he gives him like this big right hand or some shit. He drops him. He mm-hmm. was like. He does this a couple times in the match. where He hits. Sometimes Barry Windham hits that punch, and they just fucking go down. Yeah. <laughs> Another good punch. Um, they get back in the ring, and Barry starts punching Arn in the corner, and he hits a DDT, and then he throws Arn out. And but he goes to the ropes to try to slingshot him back in, and then Arn reverses it, throws him outside. Mm-hmm. And this is where shit gets real. Because he starts ramming Barry into the fucking railing, he rolls into the ring and he's bleeding.
1: He's gushing blood.
0: It's like the whole side of his face is covered. It's like, oh shit, that was fast. He got he got a good one there, Tony. Barry Barry was one of the better better color guys Mm -hmm. uh, from around that time. He's not Ric Flair, but but fuck, um. Then, uh, like, I love this shit. It's like when he realizes he busted Barry open, like, Arn gets up on him and just lifts him up. And he starts punching him, like, right in the eyebrow and shit. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's good. Then he elbow drops him in the face. <laughs> and he's he's getting two, two again. And he starts doing some holds and shit. And, hmm. uh... Something happens in the turnbuckle. I think Barry drop kicks Arn off the turnbuckle and he flies it onto the floor from the top rope.
1: Yeah, that was crazy. For Arn Anderson at least. it. Oh that- yeah,
0: like that was that was a pretty pretty big bump. Uh, that's not really a common one you'd see back then, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Barry suplexes Arn on the floor. And I think he leg drops him on the apron, kinda like that thing Undertaker does. Yeah. And he climbs on top rope and he hits the top rope clothesline. Yeah, you know, a nice knee drop for two. And then Barry's like, oh shit, he's got the, the blood in his face. He's trying to get his face clean. And Arn starts, he punches Barry in the face while he's laying down. This is why I, I noticed Barry was selling like really good here because he's lost some blood in the match. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've noticed like after he got busted open, he starts selling like he just like a wet noodle. Like he just collapses in like this awkward heap it's <laughs> like so he's like tired he's like losing blood uh,
1: he like leaves with the belt at one moment and then Arne, yeah like, takes him and throws him back in the ring
0: yeah like like at some point Arne, I think Arn tries to suplex Barry and his back gives out and he's like fuck my back and then Barry suplexes him and then Arne spine spinebusters him and he can't capitalize cause he's fucked up and then Barry rolls out and gets the title and he's gonna walk off he's like fuck it I'm done Mm -hmm. and he he starts walking up the ramp and Arn goes after him or no 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 before that this is setting up the finish the referee is like stopping Arn from going after him for some reason Mm -hmm. and like I don't don't understand that and he's like no fuck off and he kind of shoves him away and he goes and he brings him back and then he starts hitting him in the corner and the referee's like get off of him and he's like no and he just fucking throws him across the ring (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, he's dead because it's a referee. Mm-hmm. And then Arn's like, fuck! He realizes he fucked up, and he's, like, holding his head, and he's like, shit, oh, no, I probably fucking blew it. And then Barry grabs the belt because it landed, like, near the, the edge of the ramp or some shit outside. hmm Wham! Hits him with the belt, gets the three. It's over.
1: What'd you give it?
0: Um, I gave it a 7.4 out of 10.
1: I gave it an 8 out of 10. I love this match. This match... From beginning to end It was a battle um, These are two yeah. big guys They wanted to show you know, That they're the best And Barry was fighting because Showing that he doesn't need the horseman But he kind of Does the horseman tac- tactics in a way Where he takes the belt and uses it For his advantage So in a way he kind of still has that Four horseman blood In him still
0: he he said it. He said it on Saturday night. And all he cares about is his title, himself, and his bike, brother. Mm-hmm. So that's he's going to defend that shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was excited. I, I loved this match. There, were, I found nothing wrong with this match. You hit all the the spots that I had written down. Um, I, the referee bump was kind of a little weird, a little bit, but like, I had to sell that that belt hit without the referee seeing it.
0: That was. the... That was the only thing I didn't like about this match Was them setting up the, the finish Because mm. I, I, it didn't make sense to me I didn't like how the referee Was stopping Arn from getting him mm-hmm. When he was walking away I'm like why would he do that It's like he knows this. if he just lets him walk out And get counted out he's going to lose What the fuck's that That never happens
1: <laughs> The only thing I think I could think of is He was trying to like Save Barry a little bit Because he's bleeding all over the place
0: I guess, but he, like, clearly grabbed his belt and started to walk away like he was saying, fuck this match, I'm ditching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I am ditching mm is i, I do not like that. They could have set that up better, I think.
1: Maybe the referee was afraid that uh, Arn would take out a Glock.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but the, yeah, I really like this match. It was good. It's still, like, it, if the referee screwy bullshit didn't happen, I probably would have scored it a little higher.
1: Mm-hmm time for main event time mm-hmm. Vader versus Bulldog um and this match was awesome uh Vader's yes. Vader's punching is always top tier in my opinion uh when he delivers punches they look like they hurt they probably do hurt he probably tells British Bulldog hey hey brother I'm going to hit you just you know stiffen up a little bit uh because yeah. they are gonna be coming hard. Uh some of these might land. <laughs> yeah. Um I wrote when uh the British Bulldog was hanging by the the uh the outside and when Vader just charges and like almost like lands on a black lady over there. Did you see that? <laughs> he like almost heard that old yeah, lady. Yeah, there was like
0: an old there was like an old lady sitting there in the front row. <laughs> and, like like Harley like did like he threw Bulldog outside somehow. I think he clotheslined him over the rope, and then like Harley like was like looking around, <laughs> he, like punches him in the face, and just sets him up for Vader to do like the body block thing. Yeah, he gets out of the way. and Vader does that thing where he flips over the railing like he did for Cactus, and then he's like, "Ah!" <laughs> does that sound? Like screams in awful pain. And then, like, uh, he almost wiped out that old lady in the front row, though. Was yeah, because he, he, he
1: went full speed, and I'm like, oh, no, that lady's going to die. But, like, it, it's amazing, like, Vader, I think, saw it last second that the old lady was there because he, like, kind of flopped a little bit. Like if He, like he
0: flopped and bent his knee so he wouldn't yeah, kick her.
1: Yeah, <laughs> because, like, if he would have kept on going, I think that he would have made where the old lady was. Like, she would have took a whole whole Vader, probably would have killed her. Literally. Um, yeah. Bulldog slams Vader on the outside, which was fucking brutal. Um, yeah, he,
0: he picks him up from the railing, like, after he wipes out. Walks all the way over there where the apron is and slams him. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, he's strong. Like, because there's several points in this match where he picks Vader up and just does shit with him.
1: Yeah, especially the power slam that he does from the top rope with fucking Vader. Holy shit, dude
0: the suplex when he does the stalling suplex on mhm like, god damn like how is he doing that shit
1: vader i love vader's intensity like when he knows he's like getting beat up like he he brings it up to like a, a million vader like he goes into ultra mode and he has to like save his his match because he starts doing super, like,
0: super Vader, like in the shoot fights in Japan.
1: Yeah, like he starts like doing all these <laughs> splashes, and he's sitting on Bulldog. He kind of does the bonsai drop in the middle of the ring. Um, that was crazy. I
0: call that, I call that the butt splash.
1: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> the splash that uh, Vader does look like it hurt because like Bridge Bulldog kind of like puts his face into it. And his face like looked like it hurt Vader. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, he's like, like holding ass. Yeah. Uh, there, hold his head.
1: Yeah,
0: there was a spot where he does like a he does like a top rope splash, and it looked like he hit Bulldog's face, and then he rolled over. and He was so like that. Yeah, <laughs> but like that was supposed to happen. He's like ah.
1: ah! <laughs> yeah. uh, Think larry zabisco makes a comment about that he's like yeah. it's like i think the face kind of heard vader more <laughs> and then there's vader fucking <laughs> screaming <laughs> uh what do you have to say about this match i want to hear your input on it
0: oh I, I i had a lot of fun with this i, I love the beginning of it where like they're they're kind of squaring off and they lock up a few times and like vader tries to overpower bulldog and it's like he shoves him but he doesn't really, like, go down or fly across the ring or anything. Mm-hmm. And he tries to clothesline him, but it doesn't rock him. And then he does the body block, and he just kind of bounces off the ropes, and he's like, no, brother. This this isn't that kind of match. He's like, oh, shit, Vader can't knock Bulldog down. <laughs> he's he's a stout man. He's not very tall, but God damn it, he's huge. Yes. And, uh... That's when Vader just says, fuck it. He throws him in the corner and starts beating the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always love it when he does that. He just gets pissed off and throws a guy in the corner and just starts fucking wailing on him. <laughs> um, Then they, they did a spot outside we talked about. That was cool.
2: Yeah.
0: And then uh, the big vertical suplex on the inside after Bulldog takes control is great. Mm-hmm. Something happens where, like, Vader gets on the top rope like he's going to do something and i think he goes for a uh the body block from the top he does sometimes and he, bulldog just power slams him for mid air mhm that was awesome uh and then he he picks vader up and he like clotheslines him out of the ring and people are like starting to go nuts they're like ah, like they're getting into this shit cuz like vader's kind of getting his ass kicked right now yeah Uh, which is, like, Sting was able to do that, too, but, like, he would... It's like he would mount a comeback after getting his ass kicked for a long time. Yes. (laughs) It's, like, Sting would try shit against Vader. Like, he would get little spurts offense, but Vader would always shut him down. Whereas Bulldog is, like, kind of able to withstand this shit and kind of overpower Vader. So I think that was, like, different to people.
1: The thing with Sting is, like, Sting, he'll have a... He'll show a power where he, like... Struggles to get Vader into a suplex, but he does it and it makes it look him strong. With Bulldog, looks like it's a breed for Bulldog where he just lift Vader and, and do that stuff. Uh, it really does.
0: I've heard stories about how strong he is too, though. Like he could, just, he could just pick. He'd be like one of those guys that he's gonna pick you up and move you somewhere, whether you're gonna you're gonna want to go with him or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so apparently, he was that strong. Um. I think Vader, like, Bulldog tries, they, they try to do something, he shoots off Bulldog, and he goes for a crucifix, but he doesn't weigh enough, which Larry points out, Yeah. because he kind of stalls for a minute, like, oh, and he smother drops him, that changes the whole match for a while. <laughs> and then Vader starts dropping the elbows to the bread basket. <laughs> and it kills Bulldog. He's like, ah! <laughs> he's like, rolled over. <laughs> it's like he coughed his lung up or some shit. Ugh. <sighs> Um. Jeez. Oh, uh, I like this. He did give Vader a kind of an atomic drop. Yes. <laughs> he just instead of laying it on his knee, he just dumped his ass on the mat, and he was like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> and he just covered him. I'm like, yeah, you can cover somebody off that one, I think.
1: <laughs> All right. my my, uh, my question to you is: uh, obviously, Vader wins uh, to retain.
0: Well, not exactly, because what happened was... Oh, yeah, he it's he, like,
1: he he gets DQ'd. I forgot about that, yeah.
0: Yeah, they they start fighting on the outside. Oh, here's another sick spot I have to mention. It's like, a, at some point, Vader's beating him down, and he gets him in a camel clutch. hmm And then Bulldog gets up, and he squats Vader up from the camel clutch position, and now he's sitting on his shoulders. And he hits an electric chair, I'm like, God, did he pick Vader up from like a, a fucking laying on the ground position? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's insane. Um they're outside at some point, and like Harley's trying to fucking interfere, and then he just starts beating the shit out of him. Mm. And then Vader goes over, <laughs> and like Larry's like, Well, he's taking my chair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> And you see him. He took he took Larry's chair, and he goes over. He hits Bulldog with a chair. And he DQ'd himself.
1: Yeah, I like this decision because it's like one. Vader was scared. Obviously, that's why he used the chair so he wouldn't have to lose and keep retaining. Well, he did lose, but he retains the title still. So I like yeah. I like that move, and it makes British Bulldog look strong as fuck <laughs> against Vader yeah.
0: uh, it's like he took a desperation thing to get out of the match
1: yeah so like what sucks is I kind of know what happens to Bulldog because he I, I think he has one more match with Vader I think before he leaves WCW well
0: I think he uh he's still going to be there for a little bit I think for I want to say through the rest of this year mm-hmm. um but I'm not 100% on that, but I think so. Uh, i got to say, Bulldog was also really good at getting the crowd into the match. Yeah. Be, there, he did this a couple times where, like, when he was down, he'd do that thing where he'd, like, beat his foot on the mat. Like, he's trying to psych himself back up or get through the pain.
2: Mm.
0: And every time he'd do that, the crowd would start, like, clapping. Yeah. that was very cool. People don't really do shit like that anymore. <laughs> Um, I got it, and like, I, I like this match. It was great. Oh yeah! At the end, I forgot about this. Uh, Vader's beating up Davy Boy after he hits him with the chair, and then Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the rookie of the year, and Two Cold Scorpio come out to try to help him, but he just stuffs both of them.
1: Yes, he just kills them.
0: <laughs> he should. <laughs> And then, like the man called Sting appears, and he fucking clotheslines Vader from the top rope when he's trying to powerbomb Bulldog, and he saves him. This mm. this establishes the Sting and British Bulldogs' beach bro friendship here. <laughs> <laughs> Vader leaves, and uh, great match. Uh, Bulldog has the ability as a main eventer, in my opinion, just based off of this match. Yeah. And maybe the Wembley Stadium match, where it was for it was for the Intercontinental title, but like that was the fucking main event. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why Vince never gave him that due as much. Try to push him as a main event guy for a few times.
1: I don't know. Maybe don't maybe Brett was hogging uh, the stuff because maybe he did want to make Bulldog champion, but I don't know. Maybe Brett
0: politicked himself. I don't. Uh... I don't really think so because like I remember reading in his book about the match at the stadium, like to him, it was all about building, building Davey boy up. It was all about getting him over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it was just a case of like, maybe I think Bulldog might've been a little bit like Scott Hall in a way where Scott Hall was never like, uh, brother, I want to be the world champion. I want to be in the main event. He wasn't really like all about that. Yeah. He's just what well, he was there to just do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he may, maybe he didn't like the pressure. Maybe. But yeah, I gave this an 8 out of 10.
1: Okay, I gave this a 7.5 out of 10.
0: Okay.
1: I I like, I just like Arn versus uh, Barry a little bit more. Bader uh, and Bulldog is good. It had its big, two big guys f- fighting uh, each other. Um, I don't think. Good big guy match. Yeah, good big guy match, but Arn and Barry told a story more, and I like that better. There was a story here. It was a story, but I like Arn's story better, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the story was Vader was big and powerful, and Bulldog was also big and powerful, and it scared him. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Overall, this is what I got to say about the whole show. Legend, the Legends dragged this pay-per-view. It hurts its mm. score tremendously. If they would have took out yeah. most of the Legends and maybe keep one or two and then had these three matches at the end, I would this would have probably been, been a high seven or maybe an eight. Um, but because of the Legend matches and all that stuff and all the segments that they kind of just put in there, um, I gave this a 6.5 out of 10.
0: Okay. Yeah, I wrote, it started off okay, and then it had a soft, doughy, old middle. <laughs> and then they set Sting up for failure, which really aggravated me. Mm-hmm. And then things picked back up, yeah, when they had the tag match, and that was great. And uh, Like I said before, like the le- the stuff with the Legends is cool, and it's a nice sentiment, and I support it, but like, they did a little too much of that stuff. Yeah, um, I guess in the end, I come away with still kind of a positive feeling for WCW, even though like they saved the le- this show in the last third. It's like based off of just those three matches alone, you'd be like, if you just showed that to somebody, it's like, wow, this is cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you got to remember there was still like two, like a one and a half hours worth of stuff that wasn't as good. Yeah. <laughs> Varying degrees, but there was there was a good, decent chunk of that show that wasn't that good. Uh, I gave this a six point three out of ten.
1: Okay, so even though we during the matches we gave different scores, we gave uh, around a about the same score for the overall. So
0: we're in the ballpark.
1: Um, this this pay per view kind of saves it a little bit. I kind of want to see what happens after to see what all the the fallout between all the good matches that we saw. Um, but but, yeah. but if it goes stale again, I don't know with WCW. So
0: yeah, if, if their build starts to like be real samey again, I'm just like, eh, maybe we'll just watch WWF this month.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Speaking of WWF, we're going to be talking about WWF Monday Night Raw May twenty fourth, nineteen ninety three. We're back in the Manhattan Center, in New York, New York. Your host. Mm-hmm. Vinnie Mac or Vincent McMang um McMahon. Yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage and Bobby Heenan are back on commentating which is cool yep, yep. um we will have a they talk about we will have a special interview with Razor Ramon also we That's will cool. see Mr. Perfect versus Doink the Clown and the King of the Ring qualifying match and more uh
0: yes much more
1: hyping up the crowd Um, so, first match of the night, first match of, uh, the only match that has the longest match of the night is Doink the Clown versus Mr. Perfect. Uh, Mm -hmm. Doink comes to the ring, he goes directly under the ring, and then we go to Lord Alfred Hayes, who's outside with Doink the Clown.
0: Yeah, they're like... Fitz is like, Lord Alfred Hayes is demanding to come on the air right now. He, he's standing out in front of the fucking Manhattan Center. And he's like, I'm right here, and, and, and Doink the Cloud is out here with me too. And, <laughs> it's like, what? And then he like, he's like, How, I demand to know what the meaning of this is. And then Doink just takes his flower and tells him it's all an illusion, and he squirts with water, and he leaves the frame. Yes. And then they come back in, in the Manhattan Center, and Doink crawls out of the ring, and he has his flower.
2: Yeah. He's
0: like, he teleported.
1: (laughs) So. Or did he? We don't know. Match starts with Doink attacking perfect before the bell, then choking him out with his own towel (laughs) with the choking device, as Tony uh, Shabani says.
0: That was a choking device, brother.
1: (laughs) Uh, There's a big slugfest that happens. Uh Doink is to- tossing around Perfect on the outside uh, There's some double axe handle Hobbles on the landing uh, Doink sends Perfect Into the post This match was This match labors a really long time
0: uh, Yeah it's, it's kind of Even they go back and forth against each other mm-hmm. It's like uh, <clears throat> Cause they've established Already that Doink can wrestle Yes like, he has mat wrestling ability, he has technical ability, and it's, like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they're able, like, him and Perfect do that shit to each other where they kind of wrestle each other a little bit, and then Doink will do something kind of underhanded. Or Mr. Perfect will out-wrestle him, because as Macho Man points out, and I agree, Mr. Perfect is a better wrestler. Yes. <laughs> So he has that ability. At some point, he starts working his leg, and that's why Doink starts fucking... He sells it the entire match, too, by the way, which is great.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like he, he can't fucking move sometimes. And then... I, I love the spot where it's like he did something perfect. I don't remember what. I think he, like, he slammed him or some shit and fucked him up. And then he rolled... He tried to get up, and he fell back to the other side of the ring. And he looked at the camera and started laughing. <laughs> and he just stopped and just stared at the camera like... <laughs> what the fuck, dude? That was creepy. That was great.
1: <laughs> uh, I wrote down, Vinny mm-hmm. Mac is, like, having a conniption about, like, these two doinks. Because, like... uh Doink, uh, the one with like less face paint uh, goes away, and then the other one that comes out of the, under the ring has full face paint. And I I, I forgot what Bobby Heenan says. I, something about like it reappears, like
0: it it's it's resealing face paint. It it, it comes back. Well, some of it comes off. It comes back later.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like Vince McMahon is having like a conniption and all that stuff. Like. He's he's hot in this whole show. He's like all hyped up and stuff. Uh, he's, been,
0: he's been more hyped up lately these past couple shows. I guess because he got rid of Rob Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Dyk stays in control using a hammerlock slam for a two count right before commercial. The action returns. The uh, perfect hits an atomic drop, and I'm fucking marking out again.
0: <laughs> Another atomic drop.
1: Yeah, it's a atomic drop. Doink yanks Perfect into the corner, but Perfect comes back to clothesline Doink outside. Uh, then that's when we get the second clown coming out, uh, and Vince is having a fucking conniption. Um, <laughs> Heenan plays this off as an illusion. Vince notes how Doink has full makeup, just like how we talked about. Uh, man, I wrote... That twice I just noticed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming off, Doink ducks his head, and Perfect uses a Perfect Plex, uh, and then gets the three count. Uh, and then the two Doinks are beating up on Perfect, and Crush comes out for the save, which is weird. Even though I know, uh, even even though I know he had a feud with Doink, but it's weird seeing him like save Mister Perfect. Uh, still
0: mad at Doink.
1: Yeah. Would you have to say about the, anything missing? During whatever um,
0: down. Let's see. Uh I like this spot where like uh Mr. Perfect put Doik in like a de- some kind of deathlock variation where he's like kneeling. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got him to submission, but he's not laying down for it. He's like he he's he's in a kneeling position. And it's like like a regular death lock will it'll force the guy if he lays down, he'll he'll get counted like he's being pinned. So, like, every time Doink has to get up, Perfect slaps him in the fucking face. <laughs> he forces him <laughs> back down on the mat to get pinned. And he does this to him, like, four or five times. It's, like, fucking awesome.
1: That's great.
0: <laughs> uh, <and laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, when the, the new Doink came in, like, another thing that happened that I, they didn't really bring up, I guess, because they didn't want to, was, like, his hair was different. Mm. He had, like, the curly... Fro ish kind of hair, whereas the real doink, who's Matt Bourne, had like the kind of stringy, scraggly hair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the other doink is. I want to say it's Steve Lombardi. I want to say it's the Brooklyn Brawler, but I'm not real sure about that. Because he came in and he started wrestling different, too. He did like some, some shit and then he did like a monkey flip. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. Uh, good match. Uh, Mr. Perfect continues to be a very welcome presence on in the WWF in general. <laughs> Doink is also good, even with these like weird shenanigans. Somehow, it's like not, it's it's entertaining.
1: Yeah, I actually, I I respect Doink the Clown during this time because it's goofy, obviously because it's a clown. But he sells it as a creepy clown, and with the whole double doink and all that stuff, I think it's good. Uh, it's like
0: mischievous, cheap heel shit. And, like, doink—I don't think most people disagree. I think people like doink when he was heel. Yeah. It's like when they turn into faces. like, when it fucking sucks.
1: <laughs> yes. I agree with that. Um... I also thought it was funny that Heenan was yelling about how uh, perfect pinned the wrong doink. Now he's going back to that he's not the legal doink.
0: This <laughs> yeah, was like, "Wait a minute, hey, you how? So you're saying he's the wrong doink? And so you, there are two doinks? He's like, No, I'm just saying that was that was the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Like he caught him in that or some shit. Um, I gave this. I, you
1: give? I I gave this a, a good six point seven five out of ten.
0: I gave it a seven out of ten. Okay, I appreciated the 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 hard nosed Matt wrestling. It felt like a, a rough and tumble match because Matt Matt Bourne is is kind of in a similar vein to Mister Perfect. I'm not saying he's got the same skills as him, but he kind of he sort of does. He sort of he he has like a similar background somewhat.
1: Man, <laughs> uh, King of the Ring report with Gene Okerlund, uh, Mean Gene. Uh, we are now showing the full bracket, which is Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon. That's a good match. Can't wait to see yeah. that. Mr. Perfect versus Mr. Huge. I can't wait to see that one. The Battle of Misters. Yeah. <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Bam Bam Biggle. No fucking way. Dude, I... That could I, be fun. That that should be a fun match. And Lex Luger versus Tatanka, which is... That's a good match, too.
0: It Holy... be pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, but- one the field looks good here. It's like, and, and like what I wrote down was, is like, I'm pretty sure we're either going to get Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart mm-hmm. or it'll be Mr. Perfect versus razor. And I'm not upset about either of those.
1: Yes. It's going to be a good match. And
0: then I, I see Luger getting to the finals.
1: Yes. I see. I see a Luger versus Bret Hart finals.
0: I could see. Yeah. Like I'm not real sure. I, could, I think Bret Wins this King of the Ring, so it's pro- that's probably what it is. Okay, but like me, just trying to block all that out, I was like, man, I could see Bret Hart or Razor or Mr. Perfect against Luger. Like mm. that's what it looks like to me if I didn't know any of this stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, and then we
0: get a Hulk Hogan promo with Jimmy Hart.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it,
0: and Hogan's—I don't
1: know—Hogan's been awful on these promos because. Uh, I guess it's in the back of my mind on how everything turns out. And I'm just like, this is all shit.
0: Well, I think even like putting all that aside, I'm pretty sure back then people were, they were sick of Hogan at this point anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's still kind of over, but like the general consensus I always hear from from fans back then like, yeah, he might have been getting good reactions in those live crowds, but, like, a lot of, like, the hardcore fans from around the area, like in New York and shit or whatever, were like, man, I'm fucking sick of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they were tired of him. Um, God, yeah, this promo was like, he just phoned it in. It's the same shit. It's just like, he converted Jimmy Hart to the mania brother, and this sounds like a weird cult because he's taking his prayers and he's eating his vitamins. Yeah, <laughs> and then Hulk starts talking about how his pythons are bigger than ever. They aren't <laughs> because he's off the gas, and how he's going to slam Yokozuna and beat him for good. He won't. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna lose that match. He's gonna get as, a, it as it should be.
1: He's gonna get a Hadouken in his face. He's
0: going <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> more or less. And then I, I said Hulk feels like a dud champion right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we've we been talking about it every week. We were, were always like, where the fuck is Hulk Hogan, the champion?
0: He's <laughs> fucking gone. He's just been gone for like a month. Over a month at this point.
1: It's, it's, um, it's just a shame that, you know, that happened like that. It's like, you're the champion. You should be on the show. Like, I understand Raw is new. Like, if anything, be like on the other show that's bigger, I guess, whatever. I don't know if it's main event that's bigger back then. Um, but you need to show your face, Hogan. I know you're doing Hollywood and you're trying to be an actor, which, uh, by the way, you're not a good actor. You never will be. Uh, brother. but oh. <laughs> thunder and but Paris. It,
0: but he calls himself Hollywood later because he was in Hollywood brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think what's going on here is like this, the steroid trials aren't over yet. And Hogan kind of went against Vince in that trial mm. kind of to save his own skin a little bit uh and I think there's like this weird heat with them right now and that's why Hogan's not been on TV uh,
1: but you give the belt this, that,
0: yeah it's like I, they, they gave him the belt and then I think he, he went against them in the trial
1: wow.
0: and then Vince got fucking mad <laughs> and I this is like formulating his exit here. Yoko's going to beat him and keep the belt. <laughs> if this was me just doing stupid Mark booking, what I would have done and Hogan would never go for this, but I'd say, fuck it because I'm your boss, pal. <laughs> <laughs> is I would have had Yoko beat Brett like he did. And then Hulk Hogan's like, I'll save you, brother. You give me permission, brother. Give me the blessing. And Brett's like, go. And Hulk Hogan gets in or Yoko's in a fucking super kicks him and he does the fucking leg drop, and then he fucking bonsai drops him, and then Hulk Hogan spits up blood, and he loses. (laughs) It would have been, like, a huge downer ending because he beat two babyfaces in a row, but think about how established that would have made Yokozuna.
1: Very big.
0: Like, dude, he beat Bret Hart, and then he beat Hulk Hogan, like, even shorter. It took him less time to beat Hulk Hogan. (laughs) God damn, he would have been a monster.
1: Yeah, but that would never happen on Hulk Hogan's watch.
0: Yeah, he's too fucking selfish for that shit.
1: <laughs> but we get, uh, but we get this funny segment. Uh, Money Inc <laughs> heads down to the ring. DiBiase calls out the fans of New York of always wanting to make a quick buck, then offers a hundred dollar for a shoe sign Shine. Some kid comes into the ring as Heenan refers to him as a little girl <laughs> because of his ponytail. It shines the shoes of money inc however IRS gives the kid 30 because the rest comes out on taxes uh causing Vince to go mental <laughs> like, he went fucking crazy Vince took bed
0: you thought, like, <laughs> you're an IRS man is that true is that accurate
1: I would say, maybe in New York that makes <laughs> sense that those taxes and shit are taken out you're, like that
0: you're also a New York man is it true that everybody's looking for a handout in New York
1: uh, if you go down certain neighborhoods and go into subway stations, there's always someone wanting money. So he's technically right.
0: <laughs> so technically, this segment was right. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell. I was telling one of my, my friends was messaging me while I was watching this segment. And I told him what basically happened.
1: <laughs> what and do you say?
0: It's like he did a gif of some guy flipping a table because because it's like the haha ha, the irs took his money and shit and, 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 and like he hates the irs so. <laughs> like, and then i was like dude this is such a heel move though and think about this <laughs> uh because like it used to be before like they'd always do that thing like they made rbd kiss his foot or some shit and then he gave him all the money mm-hmm. they taxed this kid bro <laughs> <laughs> oh man but like that was a fun little bit uh then they have this match against these dweebs, Mike Bell and Tony DeVito. Mm-hmm. And then they just beat – they, they look good beating them. And the IRS writes these losers off. Yes. And he does the write-off. Squash. Squash. Um. Dunzo. Done, yeah, it's it's done. I, <laughs> I, I said – I opened this with speaking of dud champions because we never see them either. <laughs> <laughs> Like they, they did that thing. They had that weird feud with the Beverly Brothers, and then it was just over, and we never saw them again for like a month. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, what? Um, there was an ad for WWF Mania. Um, The announcers then mentioned how this week's exclusive Mania match is Owen Hart versus Mr. Hughes, and that will be recapped later on today.
0: Owen Hart's going to get his ass kicked.
1: Yeah. Um... <laughs> crush then we get crush versus bobby who and then johnny who yeah i have bobby who it's johnny who oh anyway um heenan and and vince are doing like the the joke like who's on first with with who they're like who
0: what they did this before with this guy yeah uh I'm not gonna lie. I kind of checked out of this match because I don't really like Crush that much.
1: Me either. Uh, but I wrote some things down. Uh, Heenan talks about everyone gunning for Shawn Michaels, including Crush, and how it feels for sh- how he feels for Shawn Michaels. Uh, and Then uh, Crush does a spin kick to the chest as Vince <laughs> talks about two doinks we saw tonight. So like even Vince checked out while
0: uh... <laughs> they checked out. Recap the. The show and what happened last week for, during this match. <laughs> we all know Heathen will take up for Sean, though, because he, he'll tell us all the Sean is great while everybody's chanting at him.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a squash. He did that whole, uh, you know, when he crushes the head uh, finisher.
0: The the coconut crush. Yeah. The co- the Kona crush, or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like... <laughs> Crush isn't, like, bad, but he's, like, not exciting to watch for such, like, a big guy. It's weird.
1: He gets a pop, though, and I don't know why.
0: I don't know why either. I think it's just because he, like, looks colorful. And he has, like, a, that, he has a really good entrance theme. It's really cool. Mm. It's just, and he's, like, from Hawaii, bro. <laughs> and I think, you know, people still thought of Hawaii as, like, this magical place in the United States or something back then.
1: Sir. He's a cool guy, man. I mean, Rocket Power didn't come out yet, so like,
0: no, that's still say, that's still several years off. Yeah. from now.
1: <laughs> I bet you, if they used crushed earth and Rocket Power, like they could have done something. But that's when the Attitude ever started happening. So, I yeah, they were
0: too busy doing things like meat and beaver cleavage and yeah, puppies. People poke each other with fingers. <laughs>
1: Uh, we get an ad for All-American all Wrestling to hype up the show is on the road. And Heenan then pulls. Uh, Heenan then plugs Bam Bam Bigelow versus Bob Backlund as an exclusive match. While the hosts are at Bill Fr- Fr- Fralick's charity golf tournament in Pittsburgh. I said, wow, I really don't want to see Bob Backlund versus Bam Bam Bigelow. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but we get the interview. With Vince McMahon and Razor Ramon, where, is good. where Ray, uh, Vince automatically says how him, him, uh, how he got shown up by the one, two, three kid.
0: He's like, how does it feel to be humiliated? It's like, yeah. like the first thing he says, like, damn, he's not even pulled back at all.
1: <laughs> Which Razor responds, laugh it up, McMahon. And, and he's
0: like, listen, stick, man. He calls him Stick Mang <laughs> and a cockroach and he says nobody beat him. And he's he's like, listen, Stick Mang, and he pulls out like $2,500. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you face me again, you get $2,500. I'm like, snap, that's a lot of money.
1: Back then, yes.
0: <laughs>
1: but while he... Uh, while...
0: Vince, I think Vince tries to talk to him about King of the Ring. He's like, oh, you're going to face Bret Hart. And then Bret Hart comes out.
1: Yeah, he's on the side of the fucking ring. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> we get a Brett sighting uh, on Raw. We haven't seen him in a long time.
0: It's been a little while.
1: Brett then tells Razor he should be focusing uh, on more important things like hanging of a the ring. Then calls out Razor for not being able to get past one of the underneath guys.
0: <laughs> Dude, I was like, he's like, yeah, you're having trouble getting beat by one of the underneath guys, the preliminary guys, a rookie. I'm like, Damn, he's fucking beating savage to him, too.
1: <laughs> then Brett says he will beat Razor 1-2-3 at King of the Ring. And then and he, the cr-
0: gets, he, he aggros the crowd into chanting 1-2-3. It pisses him off. Yes. And <laughs> it was pretty good.
1: I'm excited to see this match. Uh, I was, a, It was a good match when they faced each other for the, the world championship. The gold. Yeah, that
0: was, that was a pretty solid world title match there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to their King of the Ring match. I'm looking forward to Razor and the 1-2-3 Kid Part 2. Yes. So And uh, we go to Bobby Heenan playing with his little TV again.
1: At least it's not this, during a match.
0: Yeah, it's not during a match, and it actually has a payoff this time. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, so, Johnny Polo appears, Raven. Yes. It, who was formerly fucking oh, man, Johnny Flamingo in, in WCW.
1: Yes. So we get two sightings you know, of ravings on, on the same year in two different very different,
0: Very different gimmicks, too. Mm. And uh, he he's tells Bobby to get ready because Adam Bomb is coming. And I guess Johnny Polo is a manager right now. And, and Adam it, Bomb is huge.
1: <laughs> yes. He has weird glasses because Fallout, baby.
0: Those are are cutting goggles for like a fucking acetylene torch. I know because I have a pair just like that. It's just like somebody fucking painted them to look like that.
1: It's like (laughs) I want you to be Mad Max, but like steampunkish. So wear this goofy shit and wear a singlet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like his his singlet's cool. He looks cool. He he wears those those gloves, Mm -hmm. which which are also kind of like cutting gloves. It's just it looks like they've been like. There's like a latex layer over him or something. But like... His gimmick isn't fully formed yet. Because later on they they start telling people he's from Three Mile Island. And he survived like nuclear tests. he's (laughs) like a mutant or some shit. And he starts coming out and he has like... He has like red shit coming out of his mouth. Like it's like... Radiation blood or some shit. He goes like, bah! like Eugene Simmons, and you can see his tongue's all fucking red. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And he also starts wearing like contacts, like he's got yellow contacts, and makes him look kind of crazy. He's not there yet.
1: So, what do you think of Adam Baum versus Phil Apollo?
0: Um, first, I want to say I feel like Vince told Johnny Polo to act like Todd Pettingill. <laughs> he's being like real over the top and kind of like wacky yeah honestly Johnny Polo seems like somebody that would be in Caddyshack though
1: Johnny Polo (laughs) just reminds me of every bully in every 90's TV show ever is he
0: a bully though because he's just like he's kind of like this little asshole with like a fucking golf club and he doesn't really do anything
1: well not yet but I'm pretty sure he's going to be that 90's bully that like laughs at you and shit because it's just nonstop laughing.
0: And he has this giant dude to fucking do the dirty work for him, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> um, Adam bomb looked pretty good here. He has an impressive drop kick for being that big. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty fast. He's strong. Uh, and he, f- he finishes, uh, pa- Apollo with a power bump And Vince goes like, you're not Vince." Savage goes like, that was vicious. And I thought he was doing like a thing with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> squash yes that's kind of all i got about it.
1: it it's amazing like this was the main event and like only one match which was doing the clown versus mr perfect where it was naturally an actual full-fledged match where both had like offense I,
0: I think it was almost 20 minutes too it was kind of long for this show uh
1: i have it marked down for 15 minutes and 32 seconds
0: Okay, well, yeah, I was I was close, uh, but that's how Mister Perfect's matches usually are. They're usually long, which mm-hmm. that's fine because he can fucking do that.
1: Um,
0: um then they start telling us about next week. What's going to happen next week? Which I appreciate.
1: Yes, next week on Raw Praise are the Steiner brothers, Razor Ramon, Mister Hughes, and hacksaw Jim Duggan, and then featured in- a match. Would you have?
0: And then Marty Janetti and Bam Bam Bigelow for the IC title.
1: <laughs> is Bam Bam going to get the title? That'd be awesome.
0: I don't think so. Uh, I don't think he ever held it. But like the little wrinkle in this is uh, Bam Bam is going to have Luna Vachon in his corner.
1: Oh hell yeah! And
0: then this revealed Sherry is going to be in Marty's corner. And I was like, oh my god, they're going to do this insane cat fight shit again. <laughs> 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 oh boy.
1: That's crazy. Um, overall, I think the first match was cool. Um, yeah. the squashes were all right. Um, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, we got to see Adam bomb who looks good so far. Uh, Raven, AKA Johnny Polo is the manager. I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh, I, I could have done without Crush and Bobby uh, or Johnny who I'm sorry. Crush Who? who? <laughs> Johnny or Bobby? I guess I don't know. Um, it's nice to see champions on TV, Money Inc. So, yeah, that was I nice. Still to... want
0: the belts off of them?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I feel like their run's just a dud too.
1: Well, hopefully the Steiner brothers get it. Maybe.
0: I think that's what they're they're doing. They're kind of positioning them to to take the belts off of them. Yeah. I I'm.
1: Uh, the 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 show was entertaining and the squashes were okay and the first match was good i'm i'm gonna give this probably a six point one out of ten
0: okay i give it a six point seven out of ten because i like the perfect doink match they hyped me up for king of the ring even though hogan's promo was bullshit <laughs> i, I like the razor segment a lot it was it was it was good because they established what's going to happen next with him. And then Bret Hart came out to fuck with him, and, and they got a, a chant over to piss a heel off.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Adam Baum is cool. I'm going to admit full disclosure. I used to think Adam Baum was really cool when I was a kid. Okay. And then, like, I don't know. He just looked cool to me. He didn't, I didn't see him yet. Like as he is now, I saw him after he was full gimmick.
2: Okay. Like, that guy looks
0: fucking cool. And, and even though I, it didn't say fucking, it just said he looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I still remember my dad explaining to me, like, did you get his name? And I'm like, no, because I was like eight or whatever. It's at bomb. It's like the bomb, the Three Mile Island. And he had to tell me about all that shit when I was like seven or eight. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, but. Uh yeah, uh, it was good. It was a good show. Uh, they're keeping their momentum, in my opinion, though. Right now, yes, they're, they're not really dropping off that much.
1: Even though these were all squash matches, I enjoyed the squash matches. It's not like I uh, had to criticize or anything about any of them. I was just like, ah, you know what? They had a long match with Mister Perfect and Doink, so they, in my opinion, that should have closed out the show, maybe. Um, but what am I gonna say? It, it is what it yeah. is.
0: It helps that the show's shorter, though. Too it can it's it feels it goes down better when you have like a match that's good that's like ten or fifteen minutes, and then you have some squashes. Yeah. Instead of being like squash, 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 squash match, that's maybe ten minutes. Squash, 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 promo. <laughs> hmm.
1: All right. Well, we're almost hitting the three hours. Uh, I think this is I think this is our longest episode ever.
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think it is, but like it ended up being a little longer.
1: Yeah, but that's cuz Slambury it's a pay-per-view. I I was expecting this. Uh and a lot to talk about. Uh but if you want to catch more getting some color, um which by the way you're going to be say, seeing the next getting some color in the new year. Um so happy new year everybody and a merry christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh which, if I go to the uh, the Google Doc, just to see what is the next two things we need to do, I'm pulling.
0: We got one more Saturday night, one more Raw.
1: Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. So just so our listeners know, when we come back, what they could watch while we're on the break. So May 29th um, of 1993. We have WCW Saturday Night, and then we have May 31st, uh, Monday Night Raw, um, which is 1993 as well. But if you want to watch or listen to, watch Get In Some Color, you could uh, follow All Dubs Wrestling. That's where we have the Get In Some Color uh, live shows. And we also are on all podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Red Circle, uh, Alexa, anything that has a podcast, uh, thing, just look up our name, get in some color. Uh, also the last week of December, me, Zach and Andy do big trouble with podcasts. We will be talking about matrix four, which matrix, uh, I should say matrix resurrections, uh, which is coming out December 22nd on HBO go, uh, or HBO max, I should say, uh, it's confusing. They had a thing called HBO Go, which was an app, and now it's Max, where you can get the movies and shit. Um, but it's also coming out in the theater as well, so if you want to watch it in the theater, you can, and we'll be talking about it on December 28th, Matrix Resurrections. Uh, and then me and Zach just recently talked about Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, we have that up there. Soon we're going we're gonna to be doing Resident Evil Revelations. We're not... It, He's waiting on me. So I have, I have a couple weeks to get that done. So we should be uh, doing that next, next month, early next month. But until next time, everybody, I think we'll end it here and remember to get some color.
0: Blade.